entertaining and informative. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. You couldn't be more hopelessly right. These are my opinions, my opinions alone. They do not necessarily reflect the ownership and management of WABC. That's for sure because I'm back. That's right. Yours truly, Curtis Lewa, back to my home away from home, WABC, which has John Katsimatidis, our owner-operator, and also talk show host and um, critic here at WABC of what's going on politically, has said on Friday when I was welcomed back after losing the recent mayoral election to Mayor-elect Eric Adams, he said, hey, WABC, the acronym stands for ALWAYS Broadcasting, Curtis. And we started with a blast earlier today. It was the aggressive progressive in one corner, Chris Hahn, locking up with yours truly. Remember, I only got one wing. I got a broken elbow. It's fractured. I got all kinds of problems with my right hip. I've had a lingering mild concussion and a a shoulder that just is sore that I'd have to take 52 Bengay baths just to experience some relief of pain. And many of you remember what that was due to. Running here to WABC, my place to be. The day, three days before Election Day, I had purchased an hour, a political infomercial about the hidden story, the story that had not been told about my adversary at that time, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. And I wasn't going to miss a beat. And even though I was late in getting here and trying to fight cross-town traffic, I decided halfway across 50th Street in the shadow of Radio City Music Hall, could have swore the Rockets were dancing out there, I decided to bolt from the campaign van that had my Ufach all over it. I had a bolt. I said to everybody there, I'm running, catch up to me, because I know if I don't get there by 12, 12 midnight, chat, excuse me, 12 midnight, 12 in the afternoon, that shows you how stung God I am. Chad Lopez is not going to give me a rebate. That's for sure. I got a jet. And then all of a sudden, as I made my way through traffic, I got through one truck, another truck. And then in the third lane, kapow, a yellow cab hit me so hard that I flew in the air about a good six feet, ended up sucking concrete. But as I was flying through the air and I looked through uh, the plate glass window between me and the driver, I could have swore I saw the image of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. Could have swore he was smoking a blunt and he was pimping behind the wheel. No doubt about it. And he kabonged me. Got me right in the right hip. I flew in the air, did a half gainer, and then all of a sudden I'm on the ground. The driver of the car could have swore that Eric Adams was in the back seat, but a little too vague for me to see. Definitely it looked like de Blasio. Probably thought he had killed me on the spot. And then all of a sudden I got up and started jetting here to WABC, did the full hour program. And then afterwards, my wife uh, Nancy had been summoned. She's going to be joining us uh, later on in this program at about the 12 midnight hour to give us an update on the star of all stars that came out of this campaign. It wasn't Curtis Lee or yours truly. It was Gizmo the Kitten, who I tried to bring into the polling location on Election Day But Gizmo was not permitted to join me, and now Gizmo has her own Twitter. That's right, her own Twitter account, Gizmo Sliwa, that's out doing my tweets. There's like 10 tweets to Gizmo for every one tweet I have. 
I've suddenly become a person of no consequence because I lost the mayoral election. Obviously, I didn't ask for a recount. No purpose in doing that. And didn't say, oh, it was Dominion and Smartmatic that stole the election from me. I got beat. Although I did a lot better than previous candidates had done in the last two election cycles. We'll go into that later on. But I just wanted to reemphasize that my presence here at WABC is multifaceted. I'm not just here to give you news and updated information. Anybody could do that. You can get a talking head, right? They can read off the AP wire, any wire, Fox News wire, MSNBC wire, dependent on the slant, and tell you what's happening in the news. No, my job is to tell you the untold story based on my 42 years of experience in the streets of New York City that actually predate that going back 67 years when I was birthed in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them, whether they happen to be friends or foes or fair-weathered friends, of which I learned I had quite a few during this uh, election campaign. We'll get into that later on. But I specifically want all of you to realize that my role here in filling in whatever holes exist in the programming schedule is to bring attention to issues that the mainstream media and maybe bloggers and activists uh, on either on the right or the left, maybe maybe they they were confronted with it but didn't think it was uh, particularly significant. My role here is to, to bring it to your attention and to flesh it out. But first off, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the phone lines because if you know anything about Curtis Slewa and broadcasting over 30 years, 25 of it right here at WABC, is that I believe that talk radio is a communication between me with my humongous ego that needs a crane to get me in and out of these magnificent studios here at WABC, and you, who have to sit there and sometimes listen to our nonsense pouring out of our mouths a mile a minute, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to Mr. Click because you've been on hold for 45 minutes or more, and then all of a sudden, well, we're on to another subject. Click, that ain't happening here. It's your turn to be heard. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. And in the spirit of the greatest talk radio host of all time. That's right. Greatest of all time. Bob Grant, king of talk radio in the afternoons here at WABC, who would always open up those phone lines and give all of you an opportunity to express yourself, whether you were sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys. And he would tell you, get off my phone which is totally unusual because most of us, not me so much, but a lot of talk show hosts and hostesses are so insecure. They need to hear from you. You need to kiss their tuchus, their duper. You need to tell them, oh, you're the greatest talk show host or hostess I've ever heard. There are words of wisdom dripping from your lips. And you know damn well you're lying. You're lying because you figure if you pull their chain, right, and chew their shorts or their bloomers, they're going to keep you on the line. Because if you get adversarial, they're going to introduce you to Mr. Click, not here. We like adversarial calls. You know, it's like me being in the streets and the subways. That's my best focus group. The reason I'm always in the subways isn't just the patrollers, leader of the Guardian Angels. It's because it's a great focus group. You're trapped in that subway car. The doors are closed. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets up. Uh, you remember Curtis and... 2014, I remember it directly on September 7th. Huh? What the hell are you talking about? I remember it like it was yesterday. Why did you say this, this, or this? 
or about 2014. Or it could be 2020. What does not matter? The point is, is that when you're out in the public, it's a pers- personal focus group for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's what we're going to be doing here. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Now, <laughs> in addition, later on in the show, before the other side of midnight, with Frank Morano, who is, uh, uh, I'll call him, what can we call him? We could call him the... Um, the senior, the dean of overnight talk show hosts here at WABC doing uh, what we call theater of the mind. That's right. He's on the varsity. Now, the JV guy, Frankie Russo. You hear Fridays and Saturdays in the time, same time spot. I had a little go round with him last night. You know, I complimented him, which I think took him by surprise. Because he did a great interview with Al Bandolero, formerly of WKTU, when they were rocking disco in 1978 and had 40% of the people listening on FM. And you know what FM stands for? FM, freaking morons, fornicating madly, free marijuana, feeble-minded. That's right. You listen to FM, that's exactly what you are. But I got to tell you, I was totally into disco back then. I had my marshmallow shoes, you know, Elton John jammies. Ah, George Clinton or the Parliament Funkadelics, either or. But they were big and bold. And I was wearing the polyester waffle flame retardant shirts. When you sweat and you're dancing right on the dance floor, no absorption, no cotton there. And then, of course, the bell bottoms. Yeah, you remember that? 40% of the people listening were listening to the Italian Stallions at WKTU. And he had Al Bandolero yesterday with his great wife. And I'm listening into the wee hours of the morning. And they wanted me to call in. And I said, are you crazy? This guy was an iconic voice. Why would I want to cut into his time? And the Gavon, the Shadru, he just didn't get it. We'll talk about him later on. But what we're going to talk about is the number one story that most of you, you're just reacting to the headlines. Don't get suckered. Don't get fooled. Don't get into a rope-a-dope. Don't become a Duncan yo-yo. And they end up putting you to sleep to media. You know what we're talking about? Hawk Newsom, the self-appointed head of the New York City Black Lives Matter movement. I call him Pigeon Newsom because he's no hawk. I'm going to tell you all about Hawk Newsom because I've known him for years. First off, he's a mama Luke. You know what a mama Luke is? A mama's boy. The guy is about 6'6", 260. He could actually play on the offensive line of the New York Giants, who desperately need an offensive line. Never mind the New York Jets do also. About 6'6", 240, but not in great shape. But the guy is massive, so naturally he's always staring down at people, and it's easy for him to eye-fornicate and mad-dog people, and all of a sudden they fold like sheep cameras. Ain't going to happen to me, never has, never will. So here's a guy who made his bones with Black Lives Matter way back when Eric Garner was choked out in July of 2014, right there on the corner of Bay Bay Street and Victory Boulevard, North Shore of Staten Island, while he was selling Lucy's, Lucy cigarettes, single cigarettes. I think he was selling them 75 cents or a buck apiece. And there was a crackdown by the NYP, ordered by the state controller, Didapoli because they were losing a lot of the uh, New York State and New York City tax charges on cigarettes, illegally non-stamped uh, cigarettes coming in from North Carolina, either being sold by the case, uh, being sold by the pack, 
uh, being sold by the carton or most uh, normally being sold in Lucy forms. That's when Black Lives Matter came about in New York City. And Hawk Newsom and his sister were the titular heads, although there's no really formal organization. He's a big black guy, showed up with a bullhorn. He said, I'm Black Lives Matter, and nobody argued with him. <laughs> nobody argued with him. It's not like there was a registry. Oh, this is uh, Hawk Newsom. He's in charge of Black Lives Matter at a chapter in New York City. He just declared himself, uh, I'm, I'm omnipotent, I'm pretentious, I'm all of above, and I'm intimidating. I'm a Mameluke. I live with my mother in Claremont Village, which is right next to Yankee Stadium in the South Bronx. And I can intimidate people. And boy, has he intimidated people. And he's been given a new life by the mayor-elect Eric Adams. I'll explain that in a second because both these guys know one another like I know both these guys. I've known Eric Adams for 40 years. If you remember on the evening of the election uh, vote tally, I gave my concession speech early because I knew it was over. And I said, which all people of goodwill should say, regardless of whether they're Republicans, independents, Democrats, or apolitical, is, hey, we want to give Eric a chance because anybody could do a better job than Comrade Bill de Blasio, who's taken a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love. Anybody. I think Zippy the Chimp could do a better job than Bill de Blasio. The guy is spending his whole night separating seeds from stems from his Maui Waui and Hindu Kush. He's rolling it up. He's smoking it. I mean, in all different forms, him and his his wife there on the back porch of Gracie Mansion. I I just hope that they get the hell out of here as quickly as possible because it's like Michael Corleone in The Godfather. He's trying to settle all scores on the way out. So we got to give our support to Eric Adams. He's got a really difficult job coming up. And I know, having been in the campaign, the fiscal malaise that we're facing. Come January 1st. So he's going to need all our support. I'm sure somewhere along the way, he's going to do something so off the hook, so outrageous, so nonproductive for the city of New York, that I'm going to cross swords with him again. But for right now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And really, all of you should. We want this city to survive. We want him to be able to help save our city with all of us. What I do object to is he keeps referring to New York City as my city, my city. No, no, Eric, it's our city. It's not my streets, whose streets, our city. Our city. It belongs to all of us. And we're all a participant in trying to save our city. Obviously, you're the leader. You're the mayor. You've been elected by a majority. But when it comes to Hawk Newsom, let me tell you, that meeting the other day on Wednesday at Brooklyn Borough Hall when 13 of the Black Lives Matter remaining members in New York City schlepped across the Brooklyn Bridge from City Hall to have a meeting with Mayor-elect Eric Adams, You know what that was uh, right out of? WWF. That's right, WWE. Vince McMahon Jr. It couldn't have been better choreographed. Both have benefited from it. Hey, I got Eric Adams back on this. But look how it's raised the stature of Hawk Newsom, who was Pigeon Newsom. He was like by himself there for a while. And now all of a sudden he's been revived. He's been resurrected like Lazarus from the dead from the summer of 2020 where all you had to do was show up with a bullhorn, claim you were leader of Black Lives Matter, and you had a 1,000 people following you in the aftermath of the killing of Floyd in the streets of South Minneapolis by the Minneapolis Police Department. So (laughs) let's first start off. Don Bongino, you know, it's like mixing... uh, Mixing uh, gasoline with fire. You've seen it with Geraldo. They go at it like two scorpions in a brandy glass. 
So he has on his Fox News Channel weekend show, of course, Hawk Newsom, and they like uh, tear into one another. But let me tell you, it benefited both of them people lash out i understand that completely i didn't ask i'm not why going can't you to answer i'm the not question. going to i'm not going to condemn you can't answer the nor question. am i going to condone it now now see here's the thing when osama bin laden when osama bin laden and those terrorists attacked the united states of america can you let you, me listen, talk man. you have a show you no, talk no, as much you as you want talk a lot can i talk junk and then when i put you on the spot you won't answer a damn question you can i'm answering the question i'm answering the question well, Just I'm condemning violence and burning of buildings down. How hard is this? Okay, so when a, Osama bin Laden attacked the World Trade Center, did you say oh, America should deal You're with it peacefully? The question, man. I'm posing nah, questions have, to that you. That is nothing you know, to do with people burning down businesses in New York City. You're not going to answer the question, Hawk, but listen. Uh, wait, I okay, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I don't condone it. I don't promote it, but I will not condemn it. Yeah, that's just cowardly, man. That's just cowardly. <laughs> no, you're you a coward. For something. You know what? You see, I'm you're coward, trying to bait yeah. me. God to, bless you, yeah. man. I'm out of here. No God, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. You are out of here. You're right. <laughs> Both benefited. Think about it. It's a game. We're all getting gamed. Bongino, hey, more people end up watching him because it's confrontation. Hawk Newsom, he gets to take his headphones off, walk off the stage like the prima donna that he is. He gets more attention. And we all get sucked into that vortex. But something very interesting came out of that sit-down with Eric Adams. All of it choreographed. And very interesting, it came out of Hawk Newsom stalking me outside of Yankee Stadium back on July 5th. How do I know it was July 5th? Hey, it was my wife's birthday. I still have no idea how old she is. I still I have no I know it's her birthday, but I have no idea how old she is. Many people have suggested that she is my daughter. When they see uh, Nancy and I together, they go, "What is it like being Curtis Lewis' daughter, Nancy?" Hey, it's my wife. What are you robbing from the cradle? Watch your mouth, pal. Well, I'll knock your schnoz right down your throat, and then all of a sudden, Nancy has to get in between of us. I can't tell you how many times that's occurred. <laughs> Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-WABC. You want to listen intently to the next cut. Because in it is information that none of the mainstream media or anyone else has picked up on. The guy, Hawk Newsom, a.k.a. Pigeon Newsom, is a name dropper. But this was a significant name to drop. Hold your horses. Uh, if you got to run to the little boy or little girl's room, make sure you do it quick. Flush, flush, hush, hush, mush, mush here on WABC. We have partnered with the New York Yankees. This is our first and only corporate partnership. And we're working with um, Randy Levine, and uh, we're setting up our first Black Opportunity Center. We're talking yoga, meditation, financial literacy, STEM, child care, you name it. Black Lives Matter claiming through Hawk Newsom that they have a corporate partnership with the New York Yankees. And the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, used to be deputy mayor in the Giuliani administration. You heard him say that with Eric Adams, right? Look at what he said to me when he was uh, shadowing me as I was making a tour around Yankee Stadium on July 5th. You want to go upstairs and see Randy? I sit in the owner's box. You want to go and talk to Randy Levine? I sit up there, too. You must not have any f***ing idea 
who we are in these streets. Hmm. Name dropping, right? Twice. July 5th, last Wednesday. You would think that somebody in the media would say, hey, why is this guy mentioning Randy Levine's name? I'm going to explain when we return what I think is going on between Black Lives Matter Hawk Newsom up there in Claremont Village. The Mameluke still lives with his mother at home. My God, how old is this guy? Plus, he's got a Cadillac Escalade, brand new off the assembly line, fully stripped down at 75000 all tuned up, tricked out. It's $100,000. Where'd he get this moolah moolah, this cash, huh? 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. Entertaining and informative. Talking about. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC. See, so aggressive to get back on the 50,000 powerful watts of sound here at WABC, my home away from home. I jumped a queue. You're not going to want to miss the next hour. Nobody knows more about Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo. King Cuomo II and yours truly, Curtis Lewa. In fact, let me give him his salute, his uh, preemptive salute, because I know he's listening out at the compound, Fredo's compound there in the Hamptons. Chris Cuomo's compound there, where the only ones allowed in are friends, foes are kept outside, and I know both of them are listening as we speak. How do I know they're listening? Trust me, I know they're listening. Hey, Andrew, ascendeme, tu siu proyenos fachim. And like your father Mario, you are. We'll get into that in the next hour. You may need a translation for that. Don't worry about it. I didn't break any FCC rules with that. So let's go back to Hawk Newsom back on July 5th, hot sweltering day. It was the uh, first game after the uh, pandemic and the lockdown, Subway Series. You remember, many of you Met fans, Yankee fans, you were streaming into Yankee Stadium. I was campaigning out there and started walking around in the heart of the South Bronx. And who did I run across in his $100,000 tricked out? Cadillac Escalade with his big bullhorn, Hawk Newsome. This is more of what he had to direct at me. He's got something to say. Talk. Talk, Curtis. Talk. You always got something to say. Say it now. Tell me you want to refund the police. What about education? You do your homework, Curtis? Huh? You understand with neighborhoods with the highest unemployment rate? have the highest rates of crime. NYPD operates with 11 to 20 billion dollars. If money was the answer, there'd be no crime in New York. But you know that. But rather than ha- help black people and invest in communities, you'd rather play politics. Mm. And he kept dropping that F-bomb. It was a point there. I wanted to turn around, hit him so hard, his mother would have felt the vibrations in Claremont Village. But I said, nah, nah, I'm running for mayor here. That's exactly what he would like because he had his iPhone directly aimed at me. So I had to remain cool, calm, and collected, although the way he was cursing up a storm. I would have ch- taken that Felsnap the soap, that Rokish uh, laundry soap, and washed his mouth out. You notice he wasn't talking like that to Eric Adams in their sit-down at Brooklyn Borough Hall. Anyway, let's go uh, right to the phones here. And to Andy. Who's calling up from Queens? Welcome to the return of Curtis Lee. We're here to my home away from home, WABC, Andy. Thank you, Curtis. I'm grateful to be the first person to speak to you tonight on what is now the evening shift, because I was listening to you earlier this afternoon. So 
welcome back to where you rightfully belong. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Andy. So, um, keeping the conversation going about Hawk, I mean, this guy is just trying to intimidate everyone. He's intimidating you. He's intimidating the mayor-elect. This idea of Hawk saying, oh, we're going to insinuate violence. We don't have time for that nonsense. And I'm hoping the new mayor is going to put his money where his mouth is, and he's going to keep his word that the plain clothes unit is going to come back because the violence is getting worse every day. And I'll give you one example. Astoria, I constantly see it all the time. Every day, something's going on over there. So maybe Hawk Newsom should see what it's like over there, and let's see what Hawk's words comes to haunt him in the end. Well, remember, you mentioned uh, Astoria, that's AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez land. By the way, uh, head of the Democrat Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, earlier today I was in the Neck, Throg's Neck in the Bronx for the annual Veterans Day Parade. That's right, there was one there today. Should have told the elected officials about that because Comrade de Blasio was MIA. Uh, Eric Adams, mayor-elect, was at MIA. Uh, Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr., MIA. It seemed most of the elected officials were MIA. Why? Because the election's over? You see, if this... If a Veterans Day parade had occurred before Election Day, November 2nd, they would have all been there. After Election Day, they're missing in action. But that's the congressional district of AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, missing in action. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Welcome to WABC. Welcome. Well, I should say welcome back, Cortez, and uh, thank you for taking my call. About this punk from the BLM, he said he is forecasting. The way I look at it, Cortez, and I'm, I'm street smart too, just like you are, this is more like extortion and blackmail. And we will soon find out the, the content of the character of uh, Eric Adam if he will submit to this or re- apply reject this. And well, I no, 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 hey, Ralph, re- Ralph uh, he's going to stand up to Hawk Newsom. This was a setup for him. This was like teeing it up for him to bring back the anti-crime unit. But you mentioned extortion and shakedown on behalf of Hawk Newsom. Well, remember recently, trying to remember the date. I think it was, hmm, I think it was like, it could have been October, maybe. Nah, nah, it was back in September. Back in September, remember? You had three African-American women from Texas, uh, who attacked an Asian hostess, remember, at Carmine's on the Upper West Side? Uh, yeah, that's that's a franchise restaurant. But, you know, if you love garlic, you go to Carmine's. You, it, you might as well be taking a bath in garlic. But a lot of people love Carmine's. And apparently, uh, the three women, they did show their vaccine passports and their personal ID. How ridiculous that is, because for any of you who actually voted, you didn't have to show personal ID or a vaccine passport. But to go get a sandwich or have something to drink in the five boroughs of the city of New York, you have to show personal ID and a vaccine passport. How crazy is that? Well, anyway, the three African-American women were brought in by an Asian hostess because they had the proper uh, proper uh, vaccine passport and ID. But three African-American guys who were going to join them later, one of them had the proper ID, the other two didn't. A fight ensued. And then all of a sudden, Hawk Newsom and Black Lives Matter decided to jump on the bones of Carmine's. They had a protest on a Monday night. 
I remember they're claiming that Carmine's was trying to enforce racist beliefs by trying to use the vaccine passport to keep blacks out. How crazy was that? So I anticipated that that Tuesday night they would show back up. There was nobody there. I showed up with Nancy. We had a meal. Although the owner-operators at Carmine there weren't too happy to see me because I think, I think they understood I knew what was going on. Somebody had delivered a lettuce sandwich or a scattered sandwich to Hawk Newsom because he didn't return. You know, it's not like Carmine suddenly sat down and said, okay, we've got new rules and regulations of engagement with our customers, whether they're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whether they're gay, straight, transgender, and these are the new None of that happened. And they never showed up back again. Now, sometimes, in days of old, when a union would throw up a picket line and then disappear the next day, somebody got paid off. Now, am I suggesting that Hawk Newsom would get paid off by Carmine's, a major franchise that has locations almost everywhere? Eh. <laughs> and then, remember recently, an all-out attack on the 4-6 precinct. I know, nobody was paying attention. I do, because that's why I started the Guardian Angels 42 years ago near Ryer Avenue. The 4-6 precinct, which is like the modern-day Fort Apache, were under attack by Black Lives Matter because two off-duty police officers, while going to their cars, saw this crazy guy, Mike Rosado, there on 183rd, capping shots at people. So they took their own revolvers out. They shot him dead. Then his father... Instead of coming behind him and showing remorse and talking to the off-duty cops, Raphael, he picks up the gun. He starts capping shots at the cops. They end up shooting him. He's now been arrested for attempted murder. He's on Rikers Island where he belongs. And Black Lives Matter decided to launch attack after attack on the 4-6 precinct, led by, you know, Hawk Newsom. Remember, they were standing on the top of that police vehicle, pouring gasoline into it. Luckily, nobody lit a match. Or everyone would have been blown up to Kingdom Come who was in that police vehicle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, 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 now you understand. I'm connecting the dots. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Talk Radio 77. WABC. The founder of the Guardian Angels. A group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Breaking news. Took me upon my return to try to connect the dots of the reemergence, the resurrection of the self-appointed leader of Black Lives Matter in New York City, Hawk Newsom. Who I renamed Pigeon Newsom. Because he, he had nothing. He's a mama Luke, lives at home with his mother, drives a, I mean, when it's all tricked out, a $100,000 Cadillac Escalade. Where do you get, where do you get the money for that, huh? I mean, think about that. But anyway, put that aside. Because now we have a situation in which, in back to back situations, he has used the name of Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees, and says that he has a contract with the New York Yankees. As you heard him stalking me around Yankee Stadium for the Subway Series on July 5th, he claimed that he's been up in the owner's box with President Randy Levine of the New York Yankees. Now, Randy could easily come out and say that's not true. He's making it up. I would give the benefit of the doubt to Randy Levine. But Hawk Newsom's too smart. He keeps name dropping that one name all the time. Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees, former deputy mayor in the Rudy Giuliani administration. 
there may be some legitimacy to this. Because think back to 2020, right? Remember June 1st, June 2nd? Total anarchy, lawlessness. Macy's Herald, the largest department store in America, uh, bought out every piece of plywood that Home Depot had. Because they knew, they knew the buzzards and vultures were going to be coming that night. And they were going to loot and shoot and clean out Macy's. And they did. Because the police had been told by Comrade de Blasio to step down, not to get involved. I know, because with me and the Guardian Angels, we were in the middle of it, swinging and winging with the shooters, looters, and those that were coming out of the subways and driving in from New Jersey, basically to loot, and then next day throw it up on eBay and see what kind of money you could get. That was the whole game. It was all about making money, looting. And then the following day in Soho. Well, at that time, Yankee Stadium was like... A canvas for vandals. Black Lives Matter had gathered outside of Yankee Stadium. And then all of a sudden, they disappeared. Went up to uh, Fordham Road, started rioting, looting and shooting up in the Fordham section there, down near Raya Avenue, the 4-6, the 5-2 precinct. I know the devastation was massive. And these were mostly brand new immigrants with their first-time businesses. They had no insurance against rioting, arson, looting, none of that. And they were devastated. So why is it the Black Lives Matter decided not to use brand-new Yankee Stadium as a canvas? Remember, the cops were told to stand back. Did the Yankees make a deal with their neighbor, Hawk Newsom, to leave Yankee Stadium alone? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm a street-smart guy. I start connecting the dots. I'm going to expect Lydia Suriani, our news director here, uh, to actually follow up on this. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. If not, you know I am. If I got to go find Randy Levine myself and qu- hey, Randy, why is this guy name dropping you? Hawk Newsom. Why is he saying he has a contract with the New York Yankees? Why is he saying he's been in the owner's box? Why is he saying he knows you personally? You don't think that's important? <laughs> You're damn right it's important. And I'm going to get down to the bottom of it. Anyway, let's go to Douglas in Brooklyn. Welcome to WABC. It's your turn Curtis, to be heard, Douglas. Doing? How are you doing, Curtis? Uh, you know, during the riding, I saw all kinds of images of these, like, black SUVs, the TLC cars, windows smashed in, the rear window smashed in, the, 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 the mirror is broken. I even saw one in Escalade had all four wheels ripped off of it and was thrown on the ground. Beautiful Tahoe, thrown on the ground. Maybe you should do that to his car, and then he'll think about what it is to go around damaging the city. <laughs> no, maybe hotwire it, take it to Hunts Point, a chop shop there, and then all of a sudden when he goes looking for the parts, he start crying like a little Mama Luke that he is. You're absolutely right, Douglas. Let me tell you, you know, old school ways, little spike, bam, pop those tires. You know how much those tires are on a Cadillac Escalade? And plus those rims, man, you're talking thousands of dollars there. I'm just saying I thought about it. Yes, it is a sin to think about it. Remember, I went to Catholic school with the Irish Christian nuns at St. Matthew's who taught me that St. Brendan the Navigator discovered the new world, not Christopher Columbus. And if I wrote Christopher Columbus, I would fail in the history test. I know, but they told me even to think of something, not necessarily to perpetrate it, is a sin. It may not be a mortal sin or a venial sin, but it's a violation. So you got to write it down on your index cards when you go to confession on Saturday in your local parish. Now, if I ever went to confession again, they would have to find every pr- priest 
in every archdiocese to hear my confession because, man, this list goes on forever and ever. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to Joe Giuseppe, who's calling from New York. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Hey, Curtis Paisano is an American Marine who was back-to-back and shoulder-to-shoulder to you when I had 16 days leave, February 1979. Ring a bell? Yep. Uh, you were on earlier today, so guess what? You get one time to cop a squat, and that's it. You know, all these... Man, what are you guys, like Hazarai? You're like putting your, your beak in the trough there. You don't want to give all these other people an opportunity to speak? You know, come on now. Hey, you want to call tomorrow? You got a whole... One thing John Katsimatidis has done here with Red Apple Media, owner-operator of WABC, is he has replaced almost all the infomercials that used to be on, especially the weekends. You might as well have turned it off on Friday night, just turned it back on on Monday morning with the boys, Bernie and Sid. But now he's got all kinds of programming, entertaining, informative, talk. And you, you just want to hog up the mic. I'm the only one who gets to hog up the mic right now. And damn right I'm hogging it up. But come on. Come on. Give everyone else an opportunity. Let's go to Pete, who's calling from Staten, Italy, a.k.a. Staten Island. Your turn to be heard, hey, Pete. Curtis. Curtis, welcome back. And, man, I'll tell you, if you ran for borough president in Staten Island, it would be a landslide because we in Staten Island love you. And, uh, you know, I want to say to you that uh, I take care of a couple of feral cats. I have them neutered, spaded, and I treat them like kings. They live in 21 years in Staten Island, and I go and I feed them. And when I'm not around, I have people that I hire to feed them. So thanks for the great work you're doing with the no-kill shelter, you and your wife. Pete, in fact, you want an update. You're going to be listening to Nancy, my wife, in the 12 Midnight Hour. She'll give us an update on the new star of the Sliwa household. It ain't me. I crashed and burned. I lost for mayor to uh, Eric Adams, mayor-elect. It's Gizmo Sliwa, number 17. That's right, our 17th rescue cat, little kitten, who stole the show on election day. When I took Gizmo to the poll, they wouldn't let Gizmo in. Now, she's an international star with her own Twitter account. And me, I'm like a person of no consequence. Gizmo is the star. By the way, a gentleman was talking about Staten Island. I could be uh, Staten Island Borough President. No, you got a great one now. Vito Fasello is good that uh, they decided to bring Vito back, make him the Borough President. Uh, although the advance... The local paper, Staten Island Live, you know, most people read it online now. Uh, I had a long editorial board meeting with them. Oh, yeah, at the Hilton Gardens. Eric Adams wouldn't even know how to find his way to the Hilton Gardens. Anyway, they had sat with me and him uh, to determine who their mayoral endorsement would be. Well, guess what? It wasn't for me. Although this was their conclusion. They said, Curtis Lee knows more about Staten Island than even all three candidates running for the Staten Island Borough President, Vito Fisella. The Democrat was Murphy, son of the crook. You remember Murphy from Abscam, who was stuffing all that moolah schmoolah into his three-piece suit. And Letitia Romero, the Conservative Party candidate. Well, first off, that's a lie. All, all of them know more about Staten Island than I do. But I would say, for a non-Staten Island resident, I know quite a bit. So after all that, saying I could be elected Borough President of Staten Island, they didn't endorse me. The Staten Island event. They endorsed Eric Adams. I said, I, I felt like calling him up. I said, well, what the hell is that? I'm not running for Staten Island Borough President. I'm running for mayor. And 
I always talk about Staten Island, the Forgotten Island, what some in the Democratic Party refer to as Satan Island, and I got 70% of the vote in Staten Island. 70% of the vote. Not too shabby. It's too bad there are only 5% of the population in New York City. I could have done a lot. Oh, the Asians. I had to talk about the Asian Americans. They voted for me overwhelmingly. I want all of the assemblymanic districts with Asian Americans. First time a Republican has ever done that. Oh, we got so much to talk about. But, you know, I want to keep it here on teaching you about this Hawk Newsom, who's like dominating the headlines right now. And let's face it. Curtis Lee knows where everyone's bones are buried. Uh, let's go to Hudson, who's calling from the Bronx, where I was earlier today at the Great Veterans Day Parade in the neck, Throg's neck. Thanks for joining us, Hudson. Hey, Curtis, it's great to hear your voice again, brother. I just got to tell you, I, I, I hope you know that you just running, you made a huge difference just running. Um, all the things, all the issues that you pushed um, from the Bronx over by Claremont Park, and everyone was rooting for you. And don't think that all the issues that you put out there um, aren't in Eric Adams' brain right now because the people wanted you. Uh, not sure how we won. Actually, I think I know how we won, but uh, <laughs> everyone was rooting for you. And it's great to hear your voice, man. Thank you. Thank you, Hudson. You know, it's uh, incredible. A number of people will come up to me and they're telling me, even today, up in the neck, Curtis, you know I'm going to vote for you for mayor. Hey, do not. The election is over, November second. You didn't vote. You didn't vote on election day. You're kidding. Election day is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna vote for me. How you gonna vote for me? Huh? What are you gonna do? Fill out a paper ballot, an absentee ballot? Because you've certainly been absentee from the electoral process. Although I have to chastise a lot of our fellow citizens. Look, it's about an eight to one ratio of Democrats registered to Republicans. There are even more independents now. Uh, of which I used to be registered, and there are Republicans. And yet only 25%, about, maybe even less, decided to even come out and vote. That means only one out of four people. Now, I realize if more people came out to vote, uh, the likely landslide of Eric Adams would have even been greater. But the whole idea, people got to vote. We're talking, we were parading for Veterans Day. All of those men and women who have risked their lives, whether in peacetime or wartime or given their lives or been maimed physically or harmed mentally in perpetuity. And one of the reasons they did it is so that we have a right to not only exercise free speech, but the privilege of a vote. And only one out of four residents of New York City could even bother to take the time to vote with early voting now, 10 days of early voting. You can request an absentee ballot. Uh, you can vote on the election day itself, making it so much easier than it used to be in our mom and dad, uh, dad's era, and yet so many more in their era voted. So what's your excuses? Oh, they're all corrupt. They're all crooks. What's the use of voting? Oh. You, you want to continue the same old, same old? Then you don't vote. And then you keep getting corruption and crooks and everything that you think politics is made of. But this time you had a chance to make a difference. And I know some of you, you couldn't even find your belly button and belly button lint. How would I ever expect you to be able to actually go in, fill out the paperwork, and put it into a scanner? Because some of you can't even chew gum and think at the same time. 1-800-848-WABC. 
the founder of the Guardian Angels. A group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now, Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. You know, speaking of my Kumbari Chich, Rudy Giuliani, I've been playing phone tag with him. Haven't been able to speak to him, not even on election night, although I saw his great son Andrew today at the parade, Veterans Day Parade, in the neck. Boy, his son is good at retail politics. He knows how to work that crowd. And he was really into it. You know, when Andrew Giuliani is campaigning out there, the crowd is like a mosh pit. He just dives into it and hopes that they catch him. Uh, Andrew, let me warn you, sometimes the crowd doesn't catch you and you end up sucking concrete. And then, even as young as you are and healthy as you are, you're going to need Trinity Rehab. Anyway, let's go back to the phones to Josh, who's calling from Jericho out in the Big L.I. Welcome. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Josh. Curtis Sweetla, Black Lives Matter, was founded by four U.S. communists, two of which are terrorists. All innocent lives, black, white, yellow, pink, matter. Cuomo's legacy... Daniel Cavona's legacy is going to be that he released two cop killers as recently as a week and a half ago. Avid cheers the low-life Sporco del Mundo, who was the getaway driver when the cockroaches, weathermen, murdered uh, those two Nyack cops and the uh, Brinks Armored Car driver, God rest his soul, to the innocent, in 1981. Two years ago, he and Descamio... The Bumio, the mayor, got together and helped release Janet Clark, who helped kill those cops and the driver. By the way, by the way, uh, Josh, all friends of my former partner on the radio, Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie. (sighs) Boy, he went through a whole litany of enemies of America. He was absolutely right, Josh was. Oh, we're going to be talking about Andrew Evilized Cuomo the next hour. And I was warning you for years. And how many of you... Like Arthur Idala, regular guest, uh, Sid and Bernie, great legal analyst. His mother chases me down on 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge saying, Why do you say that about the Cuomos, a faccia bruta? Because it's true. And I've been telling you the truth about the Cuomos for years. And too many of you had window shades on your eyes, cotton balls in your ears, and a zipper on your mouth. And every time I would tell you the truth about Andrew Evilized Cuomo, you'd say, no, el presidente. Some of you got lured into that vortex of thinking that Andrew Evilized Cuomo, because he had that those presentations during the lockdown and the pandemic, remember? Every day, he'd have those PowerPoint demonstrations. You got lured. Like it was a swami. Like it was a guru to all of you. And all the Cuomo girls out there, oh, even looking at his ring nipple. I mean, come on, what's wrong with you women? Now, now you find he's a perf. A perf extraordinaire. Governor Perf, former Governor Perf, who has floated out the idea that he wants to run for attorney general of the state. Can you imagine this guy as attorney general? Talk about Michael Corleone and the Godfather. Wanting to settle all scores. And do you know, he probably could not get elected governor. But if he were to run for attorney general, which he can, who could beat him? Think about that. Of those people who have indicated an interest to become the attorney general to replace replace Tish James, if she actually pulls the trigger against Governor Hochul, who could beat Andrew Evilized Cuomo? And imagine... He comes back. <laughs> I'm warning you, Dems. I warned you before when you elected him attorney general. It's like being in the schoolyard. And you know he's a bully. And there's a stick on the ground. 
And before you let him pick up the stick, he said, nah, we got to take this guy down. We got to pile drive him. No, they let him pick up the stick. And he served that stick. Remember on Governor Patterson? <laughs> Governor Patterson was spun around like a piñata. All of a sudden, the next thing, Governor, I'm not running for re-election. No, no, I, I'm just serving out the term of Elliot, uh, you know, Nisak Spitzer with all of his hookers from hell. I mean, this guy, man, you cannot, Democrats, if he becomes attorney general. By the way, I might have to leave New York State. Never mind everyone else. I'm like his number one enemy extraordinaire. Anyway, let's go to Greg, all the way from North Dakota. Are they uh, fracking out there, uh, Greg? Are they fracking? Yes, the fracking we get for the fracking we got. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you remember me, Curtis. I called you a few years ago and uh, just want to say glad you're back on here. You one tough mofo, man. He'll be welcome on my gangs anytime. And tell you something, Greg, uh, what have you been imbibing with, with out there? Hmm? Oh, it's, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm stone cold sober. This is my voice. I oh mean, uh, Boomer thought I was imbibing, too, and uh, or smoking hay, as I was from North Dakota. Well, yeah. But uh, I know you're a, you're a veteran. You're a, you support our vets and Absolutely. military. And I, it's not veterans today, but I'd just like to give a shout-out to a few vets, if you don't mind. Sure, but hold on a second. Tell me, I know a guy like you, Greg, a veteran that you are, a guy who decides to live in North Dakota there and suck up the natural gas from fracking, you also use tie sticks, don't you? Admit that. (laughs) Ah, medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here, Greg. I figured you out guy smoking those tie sticks man that is strong stuff all the way from north dakota you see i, I can pick it up i can I hear the voice that's why later on i gotta give a beat down to the jv guy frankie russo i was so nice to him i call him up like three o'clock in the morning and i complimented him big mistake when you're jv you know i mean varsity he's not a varsity boy yet you compliment him all of a sudden he thinks he can call signals now he's the quarterback He's the water boy. And I'll tell you more about it later on. He was defending Cuomo. He's the big trumper, right? He's anybody who said, oh, you're a rhino. Meantime, he's defending Cuomo because he had a vowel at the end of his name claiming I was anti-Italian. Well, yeah, if you happen to be members of the Gambinos, the Genovese, the Bananos, the Colombos, the Lucases, uh, you're damn right. Oh, I'm going to get into it later on with Frank Morano, who clearly has graduated to uh, the Varsity Squad. Great theater of the mind. The other side of midnight, Frank Morano. He earned, he earned his stripes. He made his bones over the years as an intern schlepping around at AM 970, The Answer. I know. He came over there with me when all of a sudden I decided to leave WABC. What was going on in my mind that I left WABC? You know, it's sort of like a midlife crisis. Most people, midlife crisis, they go out, they buy a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, right? They try to do something. They start chasing skirts. I left WABC, my home away from home. I went to AM 970, The Answer, where the only person who could hear me was Rich Valdez who's like the producer, sometimes substitute for Mark Levin, because he lives right next to their tower in New Jersey. He was the only one who could hear me, and I was on two shifts a day. By the way, with Governor Patterson in the afternoon, who ended up marrying my wife. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. 
You, you should figure that one out. That's right. Curtis Lee was back. And this, let me tell you something. All the skeletons have been blown out of that closet of Curtis Lee. You've heard it before, but I may have to re-educate you so you can hear it again. Entertaining and informative. Talking about Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, it's time to be talking about Andrew Evelines Cuomo. King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo. King Cuomo I. And I warned you for years, years and years, and most of you, you didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to me. I know the Cuomos. I knew the father, Mario. I know his mother, Matilda. I know Chris Fredo. In fact, when Chris was getting all bent out of shape, Mr. CNN, because somebody out on Block Island called him Fredo, we ended up, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, found an old cut of mine. When I was exiled to AM 970, I was interviewing uh, Chris, uh, and uh, I called him Fredo, and he was laughing about it. He was agreeing with it, like 10 years ago, and then all of a sudden he took umbrage to it. You know, that's what happens when you roid up. I'm telling you, you use those words. You notice, got a little bit of a bulk to him now, Chris, right? Used to be scrawny and skinny, a skinny bellini. And I know that because they had him partnered up with me in the afternoons for, I think it was like two months, uh, a long time ago when Disney owned WABC. They were trying him out. He was uh, naturally Mr. TV. I think he was just coming off of Nightline. And he was, no opinions. He, he couldn't utter an opinion. And when management said to him, hey, Chris, in order to be a talk show host, you got to have an opinion. He goes, I, I can't have an opinion. You know, I, I do TV reporting. Now, the guy is opinionated about everything. In fact, a fungus that grows between his toes. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, I got I to gotta explain to you. Not enough Desinex. That's the problem with Chris. And then remember, all of a sudden, he had uh, coronavirus. <laughs> I saw a pop. I saw a pop. Hey, you kyak out. Right now, at the Como Camp compound in Hamptons, right out of the uh, scene of The Godfather. Remember when all everyone was hunkered down? Only the friends are let inside. The foes are on the outside looking in. And, and Chris Como Fredo's continuing to be the wartime consigliere. For his brother, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who has suggested that he might come back to run for state attorney general. Oh, he could win. He could win. Who do the Republicans have? Have you heard anyone? Oh, the Republicans, they're all involved in the governor's race, right? They haven't mentioned anybody running for any other statewide offices. So consumed. If Andrew Evilized Cuomo, with 18 million bucks in his war chest, decides to run again for state attorney general, he can do it. It's lawful. It's lawful. Who do the Democrats have who can beat him statewide? What, Mr. Turnham Loose, the DA from Kings County? Are you crazy? Ha! Gonzalez? Man, he's Mr. He's Mr. He's pro-crime. That's the best of what the Democrats have to offer right now. Anyway, let's go to the phones. I've been holding a lot of you online for what I would consider a month of Sundays because I am suffering from blabbervosia verbosa because of my return to my home away from home, WABC. Let's go to Matt all the way out in Long Island. Welcome. Your turn to be heard, Matt. Curtis Lee, how are you? 
I've had better days, Matt. I've had better days. Oh, well, the best is yet to come, Curtis. The reason why I am calling you today is coincidentally about the future. Now, um, on Facebook and during the debate, you have mentioned that you are willing to work with the new mayor. Now, where do you see yourself in regards to working with Eric Adams, and where do you see yourself politically in 2022? Oh, very interesting. Inquiring minds want to know. Anyway, a political bombshell of sorts will be coming down the pipe probably in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. But I am offering my services to the mayor-elect, Eric Adams, who, uh, after he beat me, Acknowledged that he had known me for 40 years. You wouldn't have known that before that. He's a clown. You know, he's a liar. He's a racist. Come on, Eric. Me a racist? Yeah, yeah, you're a racist. Same thing he said about Andrew Yang. Ran Andrew Yang right out of the party. Andrew Yang is now starting his third party, the forward. Soon I'll be sitting down with Andrew Yang. I thought, uh, this guy, definitely a futuristic kind of guy. But anyway, there are ways I could help Eric Adams. We all need to help Eric Adams. He has got a foreboding task ahead of him. This city is on the verge of fiscal dissolving. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, happy days are here again. You know, pop the champagne, the cold duck. Everything's great. Take a swig of Boone's Farm. Everything will feel good. Let me tell you something. You go through a midtown like I did earlier today after doing my first shift here at WABC. It's empty. There's nobody in the offices. There's nobody working in Midtown. 8% of Manhattan's million private sector office workers are going to the office just five days a week. 8%. Where are the rest of them? 54% are doing their work fully while sitting at home on their tukas. And guess what? They have a better quality of life. They don't have to do the mad dash, fighting their way into the city, fighting their way out each and every day, whether it's on mass transit or in their car. 28% are at an office in an average day. It was 80% before the pandemic. Property taxes are not being paid. Personal income taxes are not being paid. The stimulus effect, which is like drugs, is going to be wearing off. All the unemployment wearing off. And guess what? We're going to be on the the brink of fiscally dissolving. I think where I can help the mayor-elect Eric Adams is probably threefold. With the emotionally disturbed persons, because um, if he continues Thrive, uh, that non-existent uh, program that uh, de Blasio and his wife put together, they ripped us off for one and a quarter billion dollars. He should really have them prosecuted. Uh, it's done nothing. Or homeless. Uh, he's got no program for the homeless. He just wants to force more homeless shelters in the outer boroughs. Uh, and obviously for the animals, the no-kill shelter. So I think I can help him in three ways. But we all need to try to help him save our city. Look. Anybody could do a better job than outgoing Bill de Blasio. Zippy the Chimp. I think many people would have voted for Zippy the Chimp if he were running against uh, Bill de Blasio, if, God forbid, he were entitled to run for a third term. Anyway, let's go to Ingrid, who's been waiting on the line a long time. Uh, you are the first femme fatale that we're hearing here this this evening, Ingrid. I, I am so proud of you uh, for what you've done I've been in Manhattan, I worked in Manhattan in the 70s and the 80s. Now I am living in the town of Montgomery as an animal control officer. And the fact that you have, um, you know, a a feral cat sanctuary, we're doing the same thing in the town of Montgomery. And our supervisor, Brian Marr, um, has a a, a lot of land to us. And it's 
it's it's great because it's been so hard, you know. Yeah, well, Ingrid, Ingrid, the rat capital of America, and I don't mean the two-legged rats eating their Parmesan cheese, uh, becoming cooperating witnesses or confidential informants. I'm talking the four-legged rats. The rat capital is actually Chi-Town, Chicago, the murder capital and the rat capital. They are now putting out feral cats because the pesticides did not work. The dry ice did not work. Drowning them did not work. The feral cats is Mother Nature's way of preventing uh, rats, mice, and rodents from carrying litters to birth. Yes, you're so right. And uh, you know that bubonic plague has has actually been found... L.A. L.A. amongst the uh, homeless uh, who are living in the streets down by the rock. Anyway, Ingrid, you want to be listening at 12 midnight. Uh, The expert on animal welfare will be coming on. My wife, Nancy, who actually got me all involved years ago when we first met. She'll give you an update and also on the star power of Gizmo. Gizmo is our 17th rescue cat, would have been euthanized, would have been destroyed in the shelter system. You saw Gizmo accompany me on the day of the vote, the last day to vote, November 2nd, and was denied the opportunity to go into the polling location, even though there are no rules against that. And by the way, uh, Gizmo now has, Gizmo Sliwa has her own Twitter feed, which has more Twitter followers, more tweets than I get. See, ever since I lost Eric Adams, I'm like a person of no consequence. Nancy will give you an update on all of that. Uh, let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Uh, welcome to the return of yours truly here, Steve. Hi. Welcome back. You know that, that Malatuchus lady from Staten Island? Why don't you challenge her, primary her? Why would I want to do that? Nicole Because you'd win. You go to Washington. Yeah, yeah, but hold on a second. Hold on. Nicole. Malatuchus. Malatuchus. Oh, I like that. Malatuchus instead of Malatuchus. But remember, she knocked out uh, Max Rose. Come on, that was a great race. Yeah. Why are you you turning on Nicole? She's one of the 13. Oh, you mean for infrastructure. You don't want infrastructure here, Steve. No. Well, 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 wait a second. Let me ask you a question. When uh, President Trump was in charge, uh, the one bipartisan issue he could get people to come to the White House and agree on was infrastructure, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So for whatever reason, it never came about. Uh, Joe Biden has one bill dealing with infrastructure, bipartisan, 19 Republican senators went for it. Donald Trump then said he was against it. So because Donald Trump says he's against it, every Republican has to be against infrastructure? But you know, with the Democrats and the the rhinos, you know that money isn't going to go to any place. Well... Let me give that some consideration. We're actually start, we're starting to put the first brick into the seawall in Staten Island after <laughs> Superstorm Sandy. What was yeah, that? The, 2012, right? Billions of dollars that have been put aside. Yeah, the for the wheel. Right, for the seawall. No, the seawall. Uh, God forbid we get hit with another Superstorm. And also remember the battery, the financial district, they're supposed to build a seawall there. They're preparing now the first brick, the first mortar since 2012. So you may be on to that, although, look, I'm going to give Nicole Maliotakis a pass on that. I'm not moving to Staten Island. I may move to Queens. Did you see my vote tallies in Queens? Out in the uh, Irish Riviera, Breezy Point, oh, awesome. Through the Rockaways and the Ponset, oh, man, 
Broad Channel, Howard Beach. Howard Beach, they used to try to kill me there, right? Now they voted for me overwhelmingly. Ozone Park, Forest Hills, I got one out of every three votes. That's all Democrats. And then, of course, up with Vicky Palladino against all odds. Pete Tony Avella, seasoned politician. And a Republican was put up to run on the conservative line, an active race to beat her. What a double disgrazia. Republicans running against their own. And they couldn't beat Vicky Palladino. Why? Because up in Bayside, Whitestone, College Point, the Asian American community said, we're taking off the shackles of the Democratic Party. Look, we're getting attacked everywhere because we're Asians. They've done nothing for us. They're trying to take our gifted and talented program, our honors program. They're trying to deny our children an opportunity to get into the elite high schools with the test. And they're shoving shelters into all of our neighborhoods without us, without there being any transparency. So guess what? I won all the Asian Assembly Manic districts on those issues. And now we got to make sure that they keep open-minded, that they're free agents, and they're not in the back pocket of Democrats or Republicans. The best thing that voters can be is open-minded, independent, and autonomous. Listen to the issues. Listen to the candidates. That's why there should be nonpartisan elections. You should not know the party affiliation. You should listen to what the people running for office have to say and vote for the best man or best woman uh, based on what you hear and not simply because you just press the line. All Democrats, all Republicans, one 800 848 W, excuse me, I'm giving the wrong number out. Old brain cells. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rosario in Manhattan. Welcome to WABC. Yes, Rosario. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for mentioning my name. Let me tell you something. I am, it's my first time in my life that I call to to the station 77WABC just because you are there. Now, you see, Rosario, I have converted you from Radio Wado, from La Mega. Let me tell you something. I love you. I admire you. I trust you. I vote for you. You are my mayor. Oh, I, I have vapors. You I, are my mayor. I, no matter no what's going on. You are my mayor. Rosario. Rosario. What country are you originally from, Rosario? Uh, from Guatemala, from ah. the, the Maya country. Yes, I've been, I've, I've been to Guatemala City. I saw the bullet holes in the presidential palace. Whoa. Is that a, is that a country with trouble? MS-13, all kinds of gangs. Bad hombres, definitely. But Hispanics out there, you did vote for me, about 25% of you, but not enough. I was hoping more would. All the time I've spent with Latinos and Latinas out there. But too many of you, you got hoodwinked by the Democrats. You say, ah, I can never vote for a Republican. I was running on the independent party line also, but uh, we got we to gotta build that up. Latinos and Latinas, you have to be independent and autonomous. You have to keep an open mind. You have to listen to the candidates, regardless of what party affiliation. That's why we need nonpartisan elections. I know the leaders of the parties are having cardiac arrest when you say that. That's right, nonpartisan elections. How about us electing the best man or best woman for the job, regardless of party affiliation? Shocking, right? That should be the way. Anyway, let's go to Glenn in Hillside in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Glenn. 
Hey, Curtis, uh, you're on the mend, but I can tell you uh, without a doubt that uh, you certainly haven't lost a step in your uh, verbal uh, uh, judo and your conversational uh, black belt uh, karate. Oh, very. I like that. I'm going to uh, I'm going to are... culturally appropriate some of those words from you, uh, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, you got a black belt in conversational karate, without a doubt. By the way, Glenn, you know, uh, I have a black belt from Betty Crocker because I can cook to kill. You do not want to eat anything that I serve you up. Now, uh, I certainly gave you tactical air support anytime I saw any tweet that somebody was uh, a pejorative uh, comment to you. I certainly uh, turned around, and and I'm glad to see I got a lot of likes uh, on my tweets to uh, people that were turning around and doing a disgrazia to to you. I tell you. Um, well, where, where, well, now, now that you, wait a second, Glenn. Now that the election is over, where are you now? My Twitter account has almost gone dark. Uh, Gizmo. The latest of our 13 rescue cats, the kitten, Gizmo Sliwa, has a Twitter account in which people are tweeting Gizmo fast and furiously. It's as if I'm a person of no consequence. When we talk to Nancy, my wife, the cat caretaker, in the 12 midnight hour, we're going to find out why Gizmo, the little kitten, is now an international star. A star! And well, Curtis, you're still relevant, and maybe even more so, uh, bringing all the issues uh, to bear well, that, 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 that Eric that, Adams has to deal with now. Yeah, well, there are no more bear hunts there in New Jersey there. Remember that, Glenn. Get it? <laughs> bear. Uh, we got to get back to Cuomo. Facha bruta, Cuomo. Remember, I did the big tease. Going to let you know all about... Andrew Evilized Cuomo, I've been telling you that, telling you that for so often. And then last night, that Gavon, that Chiatru, Frankie Russo, after I complimented him for that great interview he had with Al Bandeliro, formerly of WKTU, when they were the giants in radio, when they introduced Disco 1978. Yes, I cheated on WABC. I was listening to the Italian Stallions on WKTU. I complimented Frankie Russo, worst mistake I ever made. Then he accused me of being anti-Italian because I bashed the Cuomos. <laughs> the founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Uh, let's get back to Andrew Evilized Cuomo. It's now rumored that the Cuomoites, who are still active out there are lobbying to get him the nomination of the Democratic Party that have turned on him, the state Democratic Party, to run as attorney general. And he can win that. Can't win being governor. Yeah, that ain't happening. It just ain't happening. So if any of you out there suggest, oh, he'll run as a Democrat, he'll win, and he'll beat uh, whoever survives the Republican process, it ain't going to happen. But if he runs as attorney general, who's going to beat him now? Does anybody out there have anybody on the Democratic side who can actually beat Andrew Evilized Cuomo in a primary campaign to become the uh, the Attorney General of the state of New York again a second time with a bigger stick than ever before? And it won't be speak softly and carry a big stick. It'll speak loudly and kabong all of his political enemies. What, you think Eric Gonzalez from Kings County, the DA who just got reelected, now he thinks he can be the Attorney General of the state? Criminals will run loose like they are in Brooklyn. 
You know what he has when he catches you with a gun in Kings County? You get caught with a loaded gun. You go through remediation. You don't even get locked up. They sit you in a room and they try to convince you why you shouldn't be carrying a loaded gun. Now, just imagine you get caught with a loaded gun. You figure it's at least a year, right? Like it used to be. Nope. Not in Kings County, Brooklyn with Eric uh, Gonzalez. Turn him loose, Eric, as the DA. We're going to sit you in a room. We're going to give you remediation. And we're going to turn you loose. Just don't do it again. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's go to Phil in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to WABC, Phil. Well, welcome. Uh, good to hear you again on uh, on radio, Curtis. And it's not Phil, it's Phil. But that's okay. No, uh, well, what's, your, what's your name? Bill. Oh, Bill. B-I-L-L, not Phil. Not Phil. No, Bill... Uh, William, you know. Okay, all right. I thought it was a bit of uh, uh, tricknology there, but I give you the benefit of the doubt, you being a Yankee from Connecticut. Well, sort of a Yankee. We've talked many times. In fact, I've even seen you uh, in person when uh, Sean Hannity used to have a program on, and uh, you appeared there with uh, with Ron. Remember, um, uh, Sean we, uh, Hannity, the rock-ribbed all-American conservative voice of reason from Franklin Square, Long Island. You are correct, Bill. Bill. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I disagree with you about the uh, party line. I think the party line is a good idea. It's a starting point for most people. Elections are a little too crazy as it is now. People don't take the time to really look into it. And if they have to look into each candidate individually, it would just be too much to to go for and you'd you'd have less turnout than you have now which is bad enough so let me ask you a question bill aka william uh do you actually think people are so stupid that they can't just listen to a candidate without a party label and make up their minds on whether that's the candidate who best represents them no, I don't think that at all. I'm just looking at the numbers and, and the time involved and the pe- and what people do. Oh, God Everybody's forbid. Everybody's got a life to live and they, you know. Bill, Bill, I'll a.k.a. William. Seriously. Bill, a.k.a. William. They are yeah. going to spend our money, right? If you were investing in a stock portfolio, you would be all over that stockbroker, correct? Exactly. Now we give millions of dollars of our tax dollars, hard-earned, to these elected officials, and we don't want to know anything about what they do because they're all corrupt, they're all crooked, right? Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, well, most of them, I'll, right? Come on, Bill, uh, a.k.a. William. I can prove my point by... Look, look at, look at uh, the number of people that are eligible to vote and the number of the, what the turnout is. It's something like 19 or 20 percent each year. And in a presidential election, you may get... 40% of the voters turning out. Bill, you know, terrible. Bill, let me tell you, Bill in Norwalk, Connecticut, you are annoying. He says sarcasm dripping from his lips. That's how they talk in Connecticut. You don't know who they are. Half of them are Boston Red Sox fans. The other half are Yankee fans. You know, they go back and forth depending on where they live. If they're, if they're up there in Hartford or if they're down in South Norwalk, he was from Norwalk. He didn't want you to know he said South Norwalk. God forbid it's South Norwalk. How about Bridgeport, huh? Oh, I love Bridgeport. One of the greatest uh, public housing complexes of all time. <sighs> Father Panic Village, no longer there. I mean, it 
it was like a correctional facility. It was built like that. Shots galore. That was on the east side of Bridgeport. And then P.T. Barnum on the west side of Bridgeport. How do I know? Because I got chased out of both of those public housing projects. A few times. Only to come back again. You know, like General MacArthur. I shall return. Anyway, let's go to Maria, who's calling from Brooklyn. You know, I'm a Brooklyn boy, Maria. Curtis, it's Maria, the the listener that called you about a year ago and told you to run, that I would be helping you in your campaign. I couldn't get through while you were, or couldn't get out there to meet you, but I, I, wanted, I wanted to call you to tell you that for a first time, person running a pa- campaign, you did a great job. I think you came across... Um, knowing the city, you were truthful in what you were planning to do. The problem is you are in a city where communities vote based on their, I hate to say this, but based on their own color of their skin. And you had a lot, a lot, a lot uh, to cover. Also, Radio Wado is owned by Univision. I tried to get through a couple of times. I did get through uh, towards the end, the last week of the campaign, to tell the people about you because they were running campaigns that you were racist, that you were this and you were that. Yeah, they and were. I told them that you, yeah. Yeah, they and were. It, it, the it's incredible. I've been in the Latino community for years. In fact, just to take you back, it was like in the early 1980s. We were persona non grata. Remember, people thought we were vigilantes, the Hells Angels. I was getting locked I up remember. every other month. Uh, Ramon Velez, El Jefe, in charge of the annual Puerto Rican Day Parade, invited me to his Hel- Hunts Point Health uh, Combine. And he said, we would like to make you the Grand Marshal of the annual Puerto Rican Day Parade. Because he thought I was a Boricua. He thought I was Puerto Rican. Because everyone... Pre- the, week be- the weekend before the election, I got through on the uh, uh, a Hispanic Dominican taxi program on Saturdays. And I explained to them how you, as a young man, were the only one out there helping us when the crime was out of control. Thank you, The woman, we were so afraid on the trains. And people were calling in after my call saying that they didn't know your story. So that's why you lost the way you lost, because people were not informed. Um, the key to bringing the state and the city back is informing the Hispanic community, which is a, even though it's a minority community, they are beginning to vote unless they, they know the facts. And I don't know how, I guess maybe. Well, I, I, I will tell you, Maria, I am going to make you a promise that I will learn Spanish and I will butcher Spanish the way I butcher the English language. I botulize the English language, as you know, with my spoonerisms, my malaprops. Um, I will attempt to learn Spanish much better than Michael Bloomberg did. Oh, my God. Spend millions of dollars. And please, don't speak Spanish, Bloomberg. Please. Or Al Gore. Remember Al Gore and his attempt to speak Spanish. Now, hey, Bush 43. Yeah, very good. Very good, Bush 43, with your Spanish. But <laughs> Gore, Bloomberg, please. And de Blasio, as much as I hate this guy, and I really hate him, right down to the marrow of his bone, Spanish wasn't too bad. You know why? Because he and his old lady, Charlene, were kicking it with Daniel Ortega, the dictator, and his wife down in Nicaragua, supporting the Sandinistas against the uh, Reagan-led opposition. See, uh, Daniel Ortega still... In charge, El Jefe, the dictator down there. How come nobody asked de Blasio about his love for Daniel, the pedophile Ortega? Oh, yeah, he's a pedophile, too. 
It's like they forgot. This guy de Blasio spent his honeymoon in Havana behind the sugar cane curtain of then Fidel and Raul Castro looking for Joanne Chesimard, a.k.a. Shakur. Why do I forget her first name, the cop killer? Anyway, the point is he went there to spend his honeymoon. It's like Bernie Sanders. Bernie, the Altacaca Sanders. By the way, my wife, uh, Nancy, uh, one of those burn baby burn uh, supporters, he spent his honeymoon in the old Soviet Union. I mean, these people, they sort of indicate to you what their belief systems are by where they spend their vacation time and who they give aid and sustenance to. Anyway, let's go to Joanne, who's calling from Queens. Uh, Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joanne. Hi, Curtis. Listen, I got two intelligent solutions that will make everybody happy, all species, and everything else, and they're not Band-Aid. Number one, there's a company in flagship Arizona that makes a product called SenseTech. It is humane mice and rat control. It is used with success in 18 states in this country. Now, the chemical companies might be in bed with the chemical companies, or who's ever in bed with whoever's in bed yeah, you with You know, that's uh, like a menage. We have the solution. Joanne, Joanne, hold on a solution. second. You know, when people are jumping around from bed to bed, you're talking menage a trois here. Right, but we have a humane solution that works. Joanne, jo- Joanne, that, that went right over your head. <sighs> how, how is it you're killing these, right? I, I want to kill the rats, too, and the mice and the rodents, yeah, you know. But are you humane? What's humane about killing? <laughs> you're dead. You're room temperature. It's over. Now, there are better ways to kill some uh, critter. <laughs> you mean? Hey, yeah, I'm sure that rat or mouse or that rodent say, I really appreciate the humane way you, you, you've decided to use to end my life. Well, thank God you didn't strangle me with piano wire like in The Godfather. 1-800-848-WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Uh, I got discombobulated, off track, back to Andrew Evilize calling. Let me give him his shout-out there, his compound, Fredo's compound in the Hamptons. Hey, Andrew, ascendeme, tu siu provienos facim, and like your father, Mario, you are. Hey, how's your brother Fredo doing, huh? You seen some of those recent pictures with El Capitan, his dog? I actually went up to Albany to try to rescue El Capitan when he was fleeing the governor's mansion because of the perv he was. What, 11 women, probably more by the time we finish this program, who claimed that he was perving them. And he left El Capitan behind. And I was on the other side of the state troopers who were there, and they were begging me to take El Capitan. I think that's his four-year-old uh, dog who was nipping at the... Um, State troopers. And I was ready to rescue El Capitan. And all of a sudden, the Cuomo's got all bent out of shape. Well, there's no way we're giving that dog over to Sliwa. <laughs> the dog would have conveyed all the Cuomo's secrets to me. Anyway, back to the Cuomo's. We knew what this guy was about. I was telling you when his um, one-time consigliere, Joe Pococo. By the way, Joe Pococo is not from Brooklyn or Staten Island. No, no, no. He's from Rockland County, right? A pretend tough guy, Rockland County. 
went to Wagner College, and that's where all of a sudden he discovered the Cuomo's. In fact, when Andrew Evilized Cuomo did the eulogy for the passing of his father Mario, he actually said from the uh, pulpit in the church, he said that Joe Pacoco was closer to his father Mario than even he was because he was groomed to be a wartime consigliere. This guy would call you up if you were a Democrat and you were in a dispute with the Cuomos and he'd say, hey, it's time for us to do a walk and talk. A walk and talk. That's what mobsters do to avoid being filmed by the FBI forever busting Italians. <laughs> and these Democrats would go out and do a walk and talk because the guy would put fear to every vein and artery that they had. They knew that he had a bunch of Louisville sluggers. Hillary and Bradsby, Louisville sluggers in the back trunk of his pumped up muscle car GTO on loan from Andrew Evilage Como. And that he'd make your kneecaps sing and ring. So first he'd try to convince you. Then he tried to wind you, dine you, and pocket line you. And then he basically scream at you and threatened to dismember you. That was the Cuomo way. And I told you that for years. And then all of a sudden there was the investigation into the Moreland Commission, which was put together by Andrew Evilized Cuomo to investigate corruption in the state capitol in Albany, in the legislative, judicial bodies, but not the executive chambers, <laughs> where Joe Bacocco was doing the dirty work for Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Pre Pahara had him on the ropes. Oh, he was the protege of Chuck E. Cheese, the schmuck to Pat Schumer. And he had him on the ropes, and he didn't indict him. Even though they ended up indicting nine Cuomoites, the main one being Joe Pacoco, who's doing six years for federal corruption charges. This guy knows where all the Cuomo bones are buried and who buried them. But he's taken the code of Omerta. And to shut him up, once he was indicted, he got this uh, no-show job at Madison Square Garden by Jimmy Dolan. He was made vice president in charge of community affairs. All the guy did was collect splinters on his big tuchus. Anyway, our number is 1-800. Let me make sure I get it right. 848-9222. Let's go to Rocky out in Staten, uh, Italy, a.k.a. Staten Island. Uh, <laughs> welcome to WABC, how you, Rocky. Hey, how you doing, brother? I've had better days. Yeah, first of all, I want to tell you I love you, man. You're just a, an amazing soul, and I voted for you. I used to be a Democrat. I'm a, I, I turn to the Republicans now because I can't stand all these vaccine mandates and the passports and all the other stuff. And I wanted to ask you, um, I can't even go into a gym or I can't go to a, a restaurant. I can't go to um, an indoor venue. And I want to know... Um, what can we do to stop this? This is this is like living in Nazi Germany. I, I feel like I have to leave the state, leave the city, and go to, like, Florida, you know, where Ron DeSantis is. You Rock, know? Rocky, your first mistake was that you left the Democratic Party because had you stayed a Democrat and voted for me, you could have voted for me two times, three times, four times. Well, I did vote for you. Well, first I, of know, all, I, but I know, but you're a Republican now, right? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't transfer the party. Ah. I'm a registered Democrat, what? but I voted for you. Why didn't you vote for me two times, three times, four times? I would have been the mayor. I, Democrats I can do that. I didn't know. Yeah, Dems, they can do that. It's I didn't a, know that. It's like an unwritten rule. If you're a Democrat, you can vote for a candidate four, five, six times. The machine just basically oh, doesn't oh stop God. you. When they see the know. R in front of your name, that's it. It's over. One vote. That's it. <laughs> I would have so been the mayor. Do, man? 
Well, what do we do? We gotta I, do wait. I have to leave New York, man? Do I have to go to Florida? No, no, please. Improve, don't move. If you move to Florida, you know whose day you're going to make? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, All Out Crazy, the Democrat Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. They want you to leave so they can take over New York City and Staten Island, which they refer to as Satan Island. So that they can install socialism and destroy capitalism and democracy oh as we know it. Well, I'll tell you something. Staten Island is fantastic because they stand up to these people. They they fight. You got IRA, those are restaurant associations, fighting them in court. Yes. You know, they're not winning, but at least they're trying. But, you know, they're, they are letting, they are turning the other. Well, other look, look, how re- look how ridiculous it is, Rocky. You went to vote. And unfortunately, you didn't realize that as a Democrat, you could have voted for me two, three, four, five times or more. (laughs) But you went into your your elementary school, right? Your school to vote for me. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to show a vaccine passport and you didn't have to show ID. But if you didn't have to show ID. Right. But if you walked across the street just to get a sandwich and something to drink, you have to show a vaccine passport and a personal ID. I know what the hell is that, man. That is is that is is crazy. And yet, if you, took the, if you took the Outer Bridge Crossing, New Jersey, you go down to Red Bank, you don't have to show nothing. You show Ugats, Bupkis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. What, what, what can we do, Curtis? I don't want to have to move out of here. No, no, no. You're, you're safe and secure in Staten Island because, thank God, they voted for me 70%. You got a good borough president, Vito Fasella. You got a lot of elected uh, Republicans out there now. So don't improve, don't move. Please don't leave the Florida. Promise well, what, me. What, what do you think Eric Adams is going to do? Is going to be a continuation of de Blasio for another four years? Rocky, or why? let's face it, anybody, anybody, including Zippy the Chimp, would be better than Bill de Blasio. Come on. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? You're right, man. You're right. <laughs> well, let's give Eric a chance. You know, he's, he's saying the right things. Uh, I have my doubts like you do. But, hey, the city voted for him. Uh, he's trying to save our city. He's facing epic problems that I'm telling you will lead to fiscal dissolvement of New York City as we know it. And he's going to have to really buckle down. He can't be doing it with Ferragamo jammies on. You know, you can't get those at floor shop. He keeps talking about it. I wear Ferragamos. I keep yeah. telling him, hey, get out of the Zero Bond Club, you know, the private club there down there, down in the, the ultra, ultra rich area of Manhattan and get back with the peeps and get those Ferragamos off your feet. I know. You know, he came from a very humble background. Yes, he did. But he's not acting like a humble man anymore. You know, uh, he has a, I, I saw the way he was treating you uh, while you guys were debating. You know, he was like his nose was up in the air. You were, your feet were on the ground and he would never come back to the ground. He was always up in the air. I don't know what his problem is. His problem know? was he didn't want to tangle with me because, you know, I was I was throwing I was throwing oh, blows him. at him. You would kill him. And I don't understand why New Yorkers didn't see that. Well, you know, well, didn't look, see through that. look, hey, look, there are other opportunities down the road, Rocky. And in Staten Island, you have led. Now we got to get the other boroughs to follow. Let's go to Steve in the Irish Riviera along the Hudson River, Pearl River in Rockland County. Your turn to be heard, Steve. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis. Well, well, well. Job, good, good show. You did, you did, a, you did well, Curtis. Wow, you no, did wait, well. wait, wait. Do you I, realize I, that's amazing coming from I, you? I called you thirty. No, Curtis, Curtis, come on. I, I said that, you know, thirty uh, percent, and 
what was it, twenty eight point eight or something, something like that. About thirty. Well, I was, About 30. I, I was, I was close. Anyway, Curtis, you know, you're talking about Cuomo here, and you know, I want to balance. You know, Curtis, I'm the balance guy, and I want to know if what Eagle Eyes did is any worse. Should, should Vita Facella, what he did, is, is that any better or any worse than what Cuomo did? Honestly, Curtis, no one's talking about what what Vito did. All right? Yeah, that, that, uh, excuse me. Oh, you want me? You want me? Would you like me to? And would you like me to? Uh, you know, after they found out that he had like a whole separate family down there after he got busted for DUI uh, while he was a congressman. Excuse me, Steve. You want me to sully the reputation of Vito Fasella knowing my background? Well, Curtis, it's not sullying his reputation. It's it's. Look, that's balance. Look, you know, Steve, you're talking to. He had it. Look, let me explain. He had his problems. He is still with the same wife. He's in the family raising his kids. I've met them on many occasions. I've certainly had those similar kind of problems, Steve. Well, Curtis, you know, well, you know that. Did so? Is it that only one sort of person deserves a second chance? To be reelected, let, let me ask you a question. I'm just Steve. saying, Curtis. I'm just saying. If if Andrew Evilize Cuomo runs for state attorney general, which I think he will, and he could win the Democratic primary in that area, would you consider him as the next attorney general to replace Tish James? Well, you know, Curtis, that I vote for the guy. I'm not a party. I don't vote for the party. So let us let us see, because if you know. It depends, you know, if the, if the other How about this? How about we make a swap because you're right in the shadow of the Mario Facha Bruta Bridge, uh, better known as the Tappan Sea <laughs> Bridge. Curtis, I missed that. I missed, you know what, Curtis? That is one thing that I have to say <laughs> that I missed, other than the fact that, you know, you were fair. You know, you got, sometimes it's not listenable. I, I, I just leave it at that. I know, right? but, but, but Steve, let's, let's have the great compromise here. Uh, mm. You get Andrew Evilize Cuomo to run for Attorney General. No, no, I don't want to. He's not going to win, Curtis. <laughs> he can't. No he can win. To me, Curtis. He can Curtis, win. No one is Curtis. Only you and Juliet would ever listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what? You know who they introduce you to here at WABC, Steve? They introduce you to Mister Click, which I just did. Uh, let's go to uh, Jeff in very upscale, very hip, very happening, Scarsdale. Welcome to WABC, Hello Jeff. There. Hello there. Good evening, Curtis. Um, I live in modest means like you do in a small apartment, actually. But uh, I want to wish you a speedy recovery, number one. Now, wait a second. There's small, there's small apartments in Scarsdale. You're, you're, you're really pulling my chain yes. and chewing my bloomers No, no. Here. There's a nice pre-war section, pre-war buildings. We have the star uh, tax credit. So it's, it is pretty affordable. It's on Garth Road, right off of the Bronx River Park. Uh, so it's like Levittown, wow. right? Like Levittown. Yeah. Oh, prefabs, prefabs. Sure. Okay, I got it. Okay. I was going to joke with you to start with saying that you body slammed me when you were a manager at McDonald's on Fordham, but uh, I guess enough with that humor. No, no, uh, let me anyway. tell you something, Jeff. Those guys who have come in looking for trouble, what I was known to do is pick them up off their feet, body slam them, and make their bones rattle. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you, uh, could you shed some light on this uh, election morning comes and on the uh, Sid 
and Bernie's show. Bo Deal is a guest, and I hear crickets. When it comes to the mayoral race, he was totally talking about Nassau County DA, County Executive, New Jersey Governor, New Jersey State Senator. When it came to your race, Curtis, he was totally silent. Let me Is tell you. Let me t- let me tell you something about Bo Dito Utreditor. Utreditor, right? Don't forget me. But the last time around, this was uh, Bill De Blasio's second attempt to fool all of the people and get reelected. Nicole Maliotakis uh, was a great candidate against him, and Bo Dito decided he was going to run. And uh, he uh, convinced the crooked Queens County Republican machine to back him and not Nicole Maliotakis, denying her a fair run of unseating Bill de Blasio. Some would say that Bill de Blasio made a pact with the devil, Bodito, and the Queens Republican corrupt machine to actually act as an impediment to Nicole Maliotakis taking it to remember a guy trying for a second term. We knew as an incumbent all of his weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And yet fellow Republicans interfered with Nicole Maliotakis' ability to run against Bill de Blasio. See, that's the problem in New York City. Republicans are constantly, constantly at odds with their fellow Republicans, more so than they are with Democrats. And I would tell you, I'll tell you publicly, that many of them have been wine-dined and pocket-lined by the Democrats to give them tactical air support to prevent Republicans from winning. And I know a lot of you say, wow, how could that be? (laughs) Trust me, I've been down in the muck and mire with them. Talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You don't want to miss it. More people are interested in getting an update on the kitten gizmo who was prevented from accompanying me on Election Day, November 2nd, into my polling location on the Upper West Side. Little kitten gizmo who was saved from being euthanized, destroyed in animal care and control, the shelter system for animals in New York City. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to be mayor was to end uh, the kill shelters, uh, have no kill shelters. But when you see Gizmo, Gizmo actually has superseded me. Now that I've lost the election to Eric Adams, I am a person of no consequence. I get like maybe five tweets a day. You know, it's like before that, it was like 5,000. Now they're all going to the international star, Gizmo. And Gizmo actually uses my name, Gizmo Sliwa. <laughs> she has been on international TV. <laughs> She she was at the Ed Sullivan Theater there. Well, what's his name on the stage there doing the uh, overnight show there? Forget his name. See, I'm a little stung god. I'm really jealous of Gizmo. You're getting an update at 12 midnight. Don't go to sleep. Don't be cutting Z's. Gizmo, a star, has been born on Broadway. Anyway, let's go to uh, Vinny. Calling from Brooklyn, Supreme Cuisine, I'm assuming you are, Vinny. Yeah, how you doing, uh, Curtis? I want to welcome you back. You've been uh, very missed. I voted for you. got my whole family to vote for you. got all my friends to vote for you. All of, uh, you know, Bensonhurst, Gravesend, uh, we came out big time. But, 
you know, I don't understand the stupidity of New York City by not voting you in, to be honest with you. I will tell you, though, if uh, I'm looking at the Assembly Manic districts in those areas, I won those, uh, won those areas. Oh, yeah. Vinny, uh, you and your friends, are you Democrats? No, no, no. See, I'm an independent there. I, I, I vote for the person, not the I know, party there. I know, but uh, see, yeah. if you happen to be Democrat, because most New York City residents are, the, you have a special opportunity to vote two, three, four times for the candidate of your choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? My grandfather's been dead 20 years. He voted, too. Oh, wait a second. Well, then he, he was a Democrat, like my grandfather, Fidel Bianchino. Yeah. Let me tell you a little side story. My grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino, came over from Bari, Italy, a little town of Andria, with my grandmother, Nicoletta. She was educated. Right. He couldn't read. He couldn't write. He was a ditch digger, helped build uh, the Brooklyn Battery uh, Tunnel. You know, every day he'd shape up for work, and uh, the Irish were in charge that time. They were the pit bosses, and they would say, hey, no guineas, no wops, no dagos today. Go home. Maybe tomorrow there'll be work. And he'd slept back because he had 13 kids. My mother, Francesca, the last one, the only one born in uh, America, in Brooklyn. And finally, he was ready for his citizenship. And this is when FDR was president. So my uncles, they brought him for the citizenship test, which is administered by a federal judge. He knew only uh, one word, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. So every question he answered, Roosevelt, all 10 questions, the federal judge obviously was appointed by Roosevelt. And he turned to my uncles and said, you know, your father is very wise. He is an American citizen. Correct. All the answers. Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. That's how he became a citizen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curtis, i got to ask you. You know, I, I agree with you with uh, the Cuomo's. They're as dirty as anything. I was uh, half sleeping last night. I heard you screaming at uh, that uh, uh, Russo. I, I, I woke up and uh, you, you triggered the guy. Well, he sounded triggered. Not hard to trigger him. You know, I, 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 first of all, you remember being down on 86, uh, 86th Street in Bensonhurst under the yeah. L, oh, the stroll yeah. of the Cadillacs, right? The Eldorados, the yeah. Fleetwoods. Uh, I'm there every yeah. year. And that's when mm. Joe Causey comes out. Joe Causey, great, yeah. great voice, right. formerly WKTU. So actually, Frankie right. Russo had a great guest on, Al Bandero, who was one oh, of the I, original I DJs. That. Like Paco, oh, like Freddie yeah. Colon, all these great, Diane mm. Pryor, and Tripp. When disco was king, 1978, 40% of the FM listeners were listening yeah, to WK. Yeah. Does Russo know the guy that he came on? Or, you know, no, no, know? I don't think Russo knew. He had been birthed. So, you know, with Russo, he runs his mouth a mile a minute, not realizing he had this iconic voice. The guy who was the the boxing commentator for Rocky IV. Remember, it was mm -hmm. Stallone versus Drago. And it was oh, Warner yeah, Wolf yeah. and oh, Al yeah. Bandero there the inside, right? Yeah, yeah, the Russian, yeah, the Russian. Yeah, he had no yeah, idea yeah. who Al Bandero was. He's done car commercials, shampoo commercials, and I'm like, and they wanted me to call in. I said, I'm not going to do that. This guy is an iconic voice. I'm not going to talk over his time. You see, yeah. that's why Frankie Russo's JV. We're going to be talking to a varsity guy, Frank Morano, who's supposed to be uh, sort of training him, you know, for overnights, the other side of midnights, Frankie, uh, Fra Frank Morano, and hopefully... Hopefully you learned something from that, Vinny. But, boy, that was a very good interview. And Al Bandero's wife was, oh, so sharp. It took me back, took me back when I had my uh, marshmallow shoes on. You know, Elton John, George Clinton, Parliament, Funkadelics, either or. 
I had my uh, polyester waffle weave flame retardant uh, shirt on, polyester shirt. You would you would schwitz, you would sweat, unlike cotton, which absorbs it, not polyester. And, and then, of course, the bell-bottom pants. And I could do the hustle on the dance floor like there was no tomorrow. Oh, See, that's what's so great. Radio can transfer you in a time machine. It's theater of the mind. Now, my mind may be robots, titched. But your mind needs to be reconnected at times. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's go to uh, Sabine, Sammy, who's calling from Woodside in Queens, which is partially yeah, the land uh, of AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Go with it, Sammy. Okay, I voted for you, uh, Curtis. Uh, what about this guy who uh, says, show me the money, and then when he becomes mayor, give me the money? Okay, also... A um, de, de Blasio, you know, a uh, skunk, is going out, and it seems to me a rat is coming to replace him. Nah, 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 hey, Sabine, hey, look, show some respect, Sabine. The man won fair and square. There's no Dominion smartmatic machines here. Rudy didn't all of a sudden get up, have a press conference, and say, they stole your election. He beat me fair and square. I did pretty damn good. Uh, but he deserved to be mayor. We need to support him. He's got an arduous task ahead. We are facing a lot of fiscal problems that could lead to uh, dissolution. Possible bankruptcy like we had in the 70s. I, I'm not kidding you about that. Uh, the good times roll. You know, happy days are here again. You just walk around Midtown, as I always do, and you look at all the empty. The empty commercial spots. How many workers are not back? How many of you listening right now continue to do your work from home and you're still very productive with a better quality of life? You're not in the rat race having to fight two hours to get to work, two hours to go home. You're spending more time with your family. You're actually shopping, patronizing businesses uh, within your immediate area. And you're deciding even when you're... Uh, Owners and operators and bosses tell you, hey, we may cut your salary by a third if you don't come in five days a week into New York City to work. You're saying, hey, I'll take the pay cut for the quality of life. The one thing the lockdown and pandemic has shown us is that people cherish their quality of life. Now, not everybody wants to stay at home. <laughs> that would not be me. But there are some people. They've gotten into quite a good holistic and homeopathic routine of doing their work at home, and they're still productive. And look at all the business travel that used to take place coming into New York. Why do you need business travel any longer? You get to zoom, 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 Skype, 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 Skype. Businesses save money. You're not into the hustle and bustle of having to bust your tuchus to get to Newark or LaGuardia or JFK. A lot of people, a lot of people are preferring it this way. Anyway, let's uh, remember coming up, we're also going to be talking about uh, Rafa, the father-in-law. I was trying to educate Frankie Russo last night, the father-in-law of Mario Cuomo, father of Matilda. She's a great lady. The rest of the Cuomos, <laughs> later for them. Going to get into that with Frank Morano and so much more. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to uh, Nick calling from uh, Whippany in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Nick. Oh, Curtis, how you doing there? Yeah, I know, being that you're such a well-connected uh, and sociable guy, I was wondering if you had any kind of way to get uh, AOC, Alexandria, to uh, maybe hook up with a 
a guy being that she's single, somebody that's more uh, politically inclined to make New York City better. Nah, nah, uh, Nick, Nick, first of all, stop trying to do a shirach. Uh, stop trying to be a matchmaker. She's got a boyfriend. He's like this tall guy. He's got, like, red hair. Oh, uh, He's a great partner for her. He's all, He always seems to be in her company. They probably agree politically. I would think they would have to. Um, but I, I just don't buy the fact that she lives somewhere in Parkchester. You know, I'm still... You know, oh. Park still looking on the number six train in all the wrong places. Still haven't found uh, AOC around the block. Now, Jenny around the block uh, definitely grew up in the Bronx, but not AOC. Anyway, up next, star of the hour is Gizmo the Kitten, who has superseded my Twitter, Twitter account. Uh, everyone thinks I'm a twit now. They don't want to tweet me anymore. They want to spend all their time tweeting Gizmo the Kitten, who was denied an opportunity to accompany me in on Election Day. And now she's an international starlet. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You know, uh, Frank Morano, who just uh, entered the other side of midnight, uh, our studio establishment, made an excellent point of view. Am I being charged for this hour? I mean, think about it. The promo indicates that I've paid for this hour. Can you run that promo again? And by the way, be paying, uh, be looking out for that call from my wife here. I'll, I won't have anywhere to go. I'll have to sleep on the floor here at WABC like I used to. You play that promo again. I, I really like to hear that because I have a feeling that Chad Lopez, uh, our generalissimo, our GM, may be charging me by the hour here. Think you could play that uh, start up again here? I'd like to hear that. I couldn't believe that. Frank Morano was correct. Claiming it's paid programming. Let's hear that. Hold on a second. The following is a paid program. The views expressed by the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily those of 77 WABC and Red Apple Media. Wait a second. I'm getting bamboozled here. This is a form of technology. I thought they paid me to do this program. I got child support payments to make. They're charging me. I guess I'm really bad. I haven't improved my game. <laughs> they ain't charging me. There's like, pay. see, they did the last time when I got hit by a cab. I bought an hour during the campaign, and now they figure they can charge me for everything. I say, hey, by the way, did you call Nancy before I get thrown out of my house? I don't know, my she was. Anyway, we're going to give you an animal welfare update. As you know, in my failed run for the mayoralty, one of my key campaign promises was a number of animal welfare issues, which started with no-kill shelters. But what has happened is that uh, now that I'm a person of no consequence, uh, having lost uh, to Eric Adams, and I conceded early on in the process, and we all need to help Eric Adams save our city. We've really got to help him save our city. We're looking at desperate times. What has come out of the ashes of defeat, is that now I'm now a person of no consequence. Nobody tweets me. I'm a twit to them. I'm lucky if I get five tweets a day because all of a sudden Gizmo with a little kitten that accompanied me on the day of the election, November 2nd, who was seen internationally, now has her own Twitter account. Is this correct, Nancy? Curtis. <laughs> is this correct? This is correct, Curtis. How did how did this happen? All of a sudden, I'm watching the late evening talk shows, 
and it's all about Gizmo, not even a mention of me. Well, yeah, let's take a step back, though. You are absolutely not a person of no consequence because you're moving this mission forward. So kudos to you, Curtis. Hey, wait a second. You're just trying to make me feel better like you did when I lost no, the mayoral it's election. it's true. It is what, I mean, you're the face of the, you know, animal movement now. Okay. All right. But now explain to our audience how Gizmo has rocketed as the starlet she is to the fact that she would be talked about on late night TV on Channel 2, Channel 4. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that's because uh, you showed up to on voting day with Gizmo. So obviously you had like a the little cute kitty wrapped in the blanket and and then Gizmo got rejected from entering. So I think everyone got kind of behind Gizmo's cause of like, oh, why was Gizmo kept out of the voting site? So uh, I think that's really where everything started. And now suffering uh, separation anxiety, I understand, going for therapy like everyone else who lives in Manhattan. <laughs> exactly. Correct. Well, well, I mean, how is it? That she got a Twitter account, though. Well, no, I mean, so basically, based on all of the um, the animal issues going forward, this way, this is like sort of a voice um, to carry forward the animal mission that you started with your campaign, which is obviously so very needed in New York City. So, yeah, Gizmo Sliwa now has uh, her own account on Twitter. Wow, and people are tweeting her, right? They are. They, I mean, she's cute. She's adorable. Why wouldn't they? And explain the bad shape that Gizmo was in when you went to rescue her from being destroyed at the animal shelter. Yeah, so she was uh, maybe about, I think, uh, two weeks old, uh, and, and she was um, slated to be euthanized at the shelter, and she had... Um, like a fungal sort of infection going on on her body. She had uh, upper respiratory infection, but I mean, they were they were going to kill her that day. So we just got her that day, fortunately. And she was, you know, underweight, and you know, it took a, a bit to get her back up to health. But I mean, now she's great. You can see her in all those pictures. She's doing amazingly well. And explain what you and others who rescue these animals that are soon to be destroyed and euthanized, what you have to do to extricate them from a system that oftentimes is like an assembly line of death for them. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like I said, unfortunately, New York City, the shelter system, it's um, kill shelters. So that means that they can put down um, basically healthy animals. Um, you know, like that's that's their ability to do. So what happens is when animals get brought into the shelter, they have um, someone who assesses them if they have like a certain personality or they're hissing, they're, they're like or they have like a little cold. They can actually deem that animal unadoptable, which means that the public isn't able to see them. They're not able to rescue them. So they are already in a bad position because the only people who can rescue them are on approved um, lists, like rescue list shelters. And those are the only ones who can adopt these ones out. And usually they're on a timeline where it's like you have um, maybe a day or two to grab them out. So this is really where the rush happens. You, ha you get like a notice of them, and within 24 hours, 48 hours, you have to get them, otherwise they're euthanized. And unfortunately... The way these assessments of the personalities are made for adoptability, 
it's just based on you know how they react when they come into the shelter initially now again if, if you can imagine like anyone who's a pet owner they know how their animals react it's like if you brought them into a shelter they're by themselves they're in a cage someone's putting their hand in the cage like if all of a sudden they look at you funny oh not adoptable and now they get banished to this list where only rescue groups can adopt them. I mean, this is a problem that you have to overcome in the city shelter system. So many animals aren't even put up for public adoption in the first place. This is a huge problem. Now, you have uh, rescued uh, dozens and dozens of cats within your lifetime. Uh, I've seen you uh, foster some. I've seen you adopt some out after you care for their medical needs and sometimes their mental health needs because, gee, if you put a human being in some of these shelters, uh, it would drive them out of their minds. But this particular cat, Gizmo, ends up being featured on Stephen Colbert at night, <laughs> CBS. Never me, the cat, Gizmo. Greg Gutfeld on Fox News, the late night show there. Gizmo, not Curtis Lewa. It's like I'm extricated out of the picture. It's almost like somebody took, you know, one of those uh, children's scissors and just cut out my picture. This is incredible that this cat is getting all of this attention. Well, I mean, I, I definitely think it's something that everyone can relate to. I mean, it, like animals... They're this, like, the weakest element in society when you think about it. They have no voice but for you giving them a voice. So when you see, like, a tiny little kitten who was on death row, basically, in the city shelter system, and it was, like, snatched out, and now it's going to have a good life and ultimately a, a great home, I mean, this this really does pull at people's heartstrings for an obvious reason. It's like this cat should never have been slated for death in the first place. Like, this is a thing that people need to really, you know, understand and get behind because I think um, with the the shelters, a lot of people believe that, oh, if I bring a cat to the city shelter, oh, they're going to, or a dog, they're going to find a good home. Oh, th like, this is what the job of the shelter is. In theory, that's what it should be, but unfortunately, it's not. So again, like just bringing that awareness to people and they see the reality, it's like Gizmo, I think, is really, you know, is a great symbol of that. Well, now, a week before November 2nd, we went for early voting. You were going to vote. Hopefully, you voted for me on <laughs> that course. first Saturday. <laughs> and we went up to 102nd Street, which was the designated site for early voting, a huge school gymnasium. Uh, lots of scanners, um, and ironically, even though there's mandates imposed, uh, we didn't have to show a vaccine passport to uh, vote. We didn't have to show ID to vote. We went inside, and for 45 minutes, uh, there was a stalemate because none of the scanners were working. Everyone couldn't vote, so there were like 100 yeah. people waiting to vote. We brought Gizmo in with us, no problems. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, different location, main day of voting, November 2nd, on normal voting location, it was my turn to vote. And now Gizmo was persona non grata. As we arrived at the location, there was a big sign on the door. You could tell it had just been Xeroxed machine. No pets. I said to them, wait a second, there's a woman just brought a dog in there. Well, comfort, you know, comfort animals. No, no, uh, you can't bring that kitten in here. <laughs> I 
You know, and, and actually, when we showed up at that uh, location initially, there were several people who had, um, you know, brought their dogs with them. And again, I think that's a great thing. It's like, okay, people can, you know, bring their pets with them as they're voting. I don't see any reason, but I absolutely think it's because, you know, you gave the heads up as to your location that that sign got created and then, you know, mysteriously disappeared when you left. Yeah, and and I gave the guy grief who told me that, and you know he was like uh, he was like a, a guard at Stalingrad thirteen, Stalingrad thirteen. You know he, he knew nothing, said nothing, and then a woman, his uh, aide de camp, said, "Oh, the dog must have eaten it." What a Weisenheimer! But that was just the first of many problems to come that morning. Uh, we were wearing the campaign garb. So all of a sudden they said we had to take it off, even though the week before we didn't. We would have been in and out. And then finally, when I got my ballot to fill out and to scan in the machine, the machine ate it up without making a copy, which meant we were standing around waiting for the Maytag repair guy for like uh, almost an hour. Which I, I think should have been the bigger issue as opposed to like a, a little uh, signage on your jacket. But for some reason... They weren't too concerned about your vote not counting, potentially. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, you know, it's almost like, although it's a different juxtaposition, with Andrew Evilized Cuomo, we're all fixated on the 11 women he perved on and not the hundreds of elderly people who ended up dying because of his executive orders in the long-term nursing home situation he was in charge of uh, during the lockdown and pandemic. You notice that? We're, we're totally fixated on the, the, the young women, his uh, aide-de-camps that he was perving on, as opposed to, let's face it, uh, which supersedes that life and death, the death of hundreds. It's almost not mentioned anymore. Yeah, I, no, it, it's true. I mean, like these uh, diversionary tactics that happen with the most important issues. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, but at least you, you bring light to it, which is what's, what's needed. Okay, well, let's talk about other uh, animal welfare issues. Uh, the horse-drawn carriages, uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. One of the reasons he got elected and bamboozled so many voters the first time around is he had pledged to eliminate the horse-drawn carriages. Knew he couldn't do it with executive order. It would have to go through the uh, city council. It has not. Where Where is that, and what has to be done? Now that I'm not the mayor, because I would have discontinued that, we would have had electric carriages to replace the horse-drawn carriages, and all the drivers would have just been repurposed to drive the electric carriages like they do in so many cities around the world now. Where is that? What has to be done to finally put these horses out to pasture where they can live a decent life of what remains uh, for them on this plane? Well, I mean, I, I think that the... Um Individuals who are actually in charge of uh, driving the the horse carriages, they need to get behind the concept because I think the concern is they'll lose their job if they, you know, have that more humane approach. Oh, I want to have an electric vehicle. So I think that's really where the fear comes from. I don't think there's any um, opposition to doing something that's more humane. I think it's just a very basic um, you know, like concern about I might lose my job. So I think once you get the people who are actually involved in this industry realizing that they're going to be the best proponents for this change and they won't be losing their job, that's where you first start out. 
Uh, I don't think there's anyone who's opposed to this happening and, and this like, sort of idea that, oh, well, people come to New York just because they want to ride in a horse-drawn carriage. I think that's really, you know, m- missing the point of what's going on. I think everyone who sees these animals out in the rain, in the snow, I mean, going through traffic, I mean, it's it's crazy enough being a person driving a car or walking down the street dealing with all the traffic, the noise, the sound. I mean, these animals aren't meant to be walking down Fifth Avenue with horns blazing. Like, that's, I mean, that's a very simple concept. So, again, just really making, I think these people need to get behind it, the people who are involved in this industry. And then lastly, uh, towards the waning days of the campaign, I had a uh, conversation with the editorial board at the Daily News, and towards the end of our discussion, they asked me, well, what would you do about Happy? Happy was the elephant who was not all that happy at the Bronx Zoo, who at times, uh, because it was in dep- a real sad state of depression, would be banging its head on the wall like a human who sometimes will do likewise when they have strong emotional issues. And I remember a rescue group came along and told the Bronx Zoological Society that they'd be more than happy to take Happy and put her, put her out to pasture, you know, give her an opportunity to roam about, socialize with other elephants. And the Bronx Zoo said no. So I said, look, uh, I, w- I would allow elephants uh, to be housed in locations where they had a lot of space, not in the confined area of a zoo. And boy, did I catch it in the neck. People were like, oh, he's going to close all the zoos. He's going to close all the zoos. Hey, hey, Happy wasn't all that happy in the Bronx Zoo, let me tell you. I mean, and, and that's just recognizing that animals in general, they need companionship. So with Happy even though it wasn't in the best situation from the start, initially had a friend living, you know, with Happy. And then once that friend died off, it's like, okay, now this animal's in solitude in an unnatural environment. I mean, it would be, and and again, unfortunately, the people who are against it, they don't have the proper perspective to speak about it because, okay, they're making money off of it. Okay, this is what their job is, like they're running a zoo. But the point is they they need to be doing something a little different where maybe they have like a little bit of a bigger land or they have like, you know, companionship. Like they can do the same exact, you know, business they want to. Although, again, in theory, it's like you just want to really be focused on the welfare of the animals in general. So it shouldn't be, I mean, if the idea is you're trying to educate people on, oh, animals, and this way they get to know them. You don't want to be putting them in these unnatural environments. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of golf courses throughout New York City where you can probably, you know, they can buy the land from them and actually have a little bit more natural environment. Like, there's there's ways to do it. But, you know, again, you have to be more proactive and really focused on the welfare of the animals. I think that's the thing that's really missing in this equation, focusing on the welfare of the animals. Once you do that, I think everything kind of falls naturally. Uh, I want to go to the calls here. Frank is asking a question from Brooklyn that I don't think I have the answer to. Hey, Frank, you're on with the cat woman expert extraordinaire, <laughs> Nancy Sliwa. Uh, hi, Curtis. Nice talking to you and the wife. I'm glad you're trying to help out the animals. I, I love animals. I, I love dogs, cats, horses, whatever. But anyway, I, there's a beautiful black and white cat next to my house that I feed every night, and I was wondering if you could help me trap it or if you could give me some information 
Can I could take it to a sanctuary if I could trap it? Well, what 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 should he do, Nancy? And what should people in similar kind of situations do when they see an outdoor cat within proximity to them? Okay, so what I would say is with an outdoor cat, um, so first of all, if you're willing to feed and care for the cat, um, in terms of the trapping, the trapping would be helpful for, um, you know, getting the cat fixed and then getting the, you know, sort of uh, appropriate, like, shots for the cat. But ideally, what happens with an outdoor cat, like, it, unless it's, like, a domestic cat that was, like, released from someone's house, if they're outdoors, this is one of the biggest things with the outdoor cat. If it's an outdoor, like, feral cat, a lot of people, when they see them outside, they bring them to the shelters, and, you know, it's like, okay, hopefully it gets adopted. If it's a truly sort of outdoor feral cat chances are, like, it's going to be euthanized. So, um, yeah. you know, unless that's what, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the distinction. If you, you know, I can, I can definitely, you can reach out to me, um, and I can help you with, like, the fixing and things like that. But, I mean, like, having the cat outdoors, you know, like, if you're willing to feed the cat and, you know, put up a little tiny shelter for the cat. But, again, it depends. Like, it, 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 you have to just kind of gauge the personality of the cat. Like, is it someone, like, a cat that was let outdoors? But if it's I not know, a cat, it's uh, very sheepish. No, he, he waits for me to feed him, but when I get near him, he runs away. He's scared. Yeah, I you mean, so, so that's what I do a lot. Like, um, that's how I first got involved with um, uh, dealing with cats in the first place. Like, I started dealing with uh, feral cats outside. And as friendly as they are with me when I'm outside... You know, the minute I would try to bring them in, you know, they're just not going to be, you know, they don't want to be indoors. So that's where the um, colony cat concept comes from. They live outdoors. As long as you're feeding them, uh, you provide them with, like, shelter. They're fine outdoors. They, they live outdoors. You know, like, you know, that's sort of a happy uh, middle-of-the-road place for them. And so that, that is a great way to take care of them because that's usually the best answer for them. If you bring them to the shelters, they likely won't be deemed adoptable. They're, they'll be euthanized, and it would be hard to try to bring them indoors, like, you know, to adopt them out. So it's like, I mean, I can, you know, definitely, um, like, speak with you further on that. Uh, you can get in touch with me through the Guardian Angels and stuff, and I can let you know, uh, you know, we can talk further about that. Right, the Guardian Angel uh, Care for Animals. You just go to guardianangel.org, guardianangels.org. And uh, Cat Lady herself, my wife Nancy, will get in touch with you. Uh, by the way, city of Chicago, which has the number one rat problem in the country now, wants feral cats, wherever they may be. They don't want them euthanized or destroyed in shelter systems around the country. They want them brought to Chicago because they have found that it's the number one deterrent to the growth of the rat, the mouse, and the rodent population. It is Mother Nature's way of controlling rats. And I'm not talking about the two-legged rats. <laughs> I'm talking about the four-legged rats. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Ah, I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried them, friends or foes. Uh, coming up, sort of jump-starting him before he takes you to the other through the other side of midnight, Frank Morano, he is part of the varsity here at WABC. We got a pimp slap into shape. 
Frankie Russo, who's like the uh, JV member. He was showing such promise last night. Showing such promise. Al Bandiro, he had from WKTU, when they were the best, not like the rest. I mean, it was great theater of the mind. And then he ruined it. He totally ruined it by calling me anti-Italian because I always riff on the Cuomos. It's like, wait a second, I thought you support Trump. Trump riffs on the Cuomos. This guy, I'm telling you. And then I was trying to figure out his credentials, a Brooklyn guy. I said, where'd you grow up? He said, none of your business. I said, hey, tough guy, where'd you grow up? Kings Plaza in the Kings Plaza area. I said, no tough guys grew up there. God, now I know why he's such a mameluke. Anyway, let's go to Max, who's calling from Manhattan. Uh, welcome. Your place to be, WABC, Max. Mr. Sleewith, thank you for taking my call. Um, I think you ran a pretty, pretty good campaign, um, so kudos to you. I've met a couple of, uh, couple of your supporters, and we were walking around on the Upper West Side. I think the girl's name was Allison, and she was pumping for you and pushing for you, and the people in the street were, were turning around and shouting at her. But she kept on. She was pushing for you. So you had a great team out there pushing. Um, I just think that, you know, the uh, Mr. Diebold, the guy who, whoever that is who runs the Diebold voting machines, this is the guy who took the votes away from you. Other than that, I think you would have beaten, beaten Eric Adams. Uh, let me ask you a question, Max. Yes. You really think uh, I got rigged that I didn't lose the election fair and square? Mr. Sliwer. You, it's very well known that George Soros runs in most of these voting booths, and he plays with them. Max, I got beat. Yes, sir. I, I hate to alert you. I got beat. And I knew I early on. I, I knew early on in the night. That's why I did my concession speech so early. I knew I got beat. You know, I'm not going to be blaming machines for, for losing. Why not? By the way... Maybe. Let me let maybe me educate. You can't say that publicly. I don't know. You can, maybe you can't uh, say it publicly. I can say it publicly. I, I didn't get ripped off. I lost fair and square. And Max, and this goes yes. for all of you now that I'm back at WABC. Uh, Max, let me educate you here. When you call up and you say thank you for taking my call, I'm giving the number out for people to call, and then you thank me for taking your call. It's like. Why are you thanking me for taking your call when I've been giving you the numbers out, 1-800-848-9222, like I'm not going to take your call after soliciting you to hang on the phone for like two hours to wait for me to stop running my mouth a mile a minute now that I'm back? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I've had better days right here. I got a broken left elbow. It's killing me here. I can't chew any more oxys. You know, like <laughs> all of a sudden I'll be in that movie. What was that movie they made about uh, with Tim Robbins about Purdue? Uh, that whacked out family that uh, tried to addict all of America. That great movie there. Great movie. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm telling you, they're out there. They're out there. They haven't left. Even though I left for a while to run for mayor, these callers, how you doing? Oh, no, how you doing? Hey, how's your wife and kids? I don't even know who your wife and kids are, right? It's like a nervous tick that you have as a caller. Anyway, let's go to, uh, who is this, Hershey, Heshey in Brooklyn? Uh, who is this? 
This is Hashi. I'm so glad you're back on the air. I just want to know what's your new schedule at WABC. Wait a second, Hashi. From which part of Brooklyn are you? Greenpoint. Greenpoint, Hashi. See, I was going to praise you for being from Borough Park, which voted for me. My friends forgot all about me in Williamsburg, and especially Crown Heights. Did they forget 30 years ago when there were the riots? Who was there? Curtis Lee when the Guardian Angel. I looked at the stats. I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, I must be a person of no consequence to the Lubavitchers. They forgot all about me. No, they had some issues. You went campaigning for the, in, uh, in Rockland with those um, preserved Ramapo guys. You had a speech against the Hasidim. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had battles with them, Hashi. But thank you. Thank you. No, I don't know. Hey, look, I'm here. I'm uh, the patch-up kid. I am the utility guy here at WABC. That means if there's an opening spot, uh, management will probably say, hey, Sliwa, you want to talk? You're talking to yourself all the time. You're feeding the pigeons in the park. You might as well do it on the microphone. Especially, could you play that promo again, please? I didn't listen to this at the start of the program, but apparently I'm being billed by the minute. Everything that I say, I'm being charged for. Now, when I left to run for mayor, I was being paid to be a talk radio host here at WABC. Listen to what precedes me before I come to the microphone. The following is a paid program. The views expressed by the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily those of 77 WABC and Red Apple Media. Who's paying for this? Did they know what's in my bank account? Nothing. Butterflies. After I pay the child support, there's nothing. Nothing. Uh, anyway, let's go to Mike, who's calling all the way from Bermuda. Are you right next to uh, the billionaire Michael Bloomberg there, Mike? I, I'm not too far from him. How are you this evening? Good? I've had better days, Mike. Uh, you know, this reminds me when I used to do overnights, and I'd have people calling from Bermuda, the Bahamas. Oh. 38 states and parts of Canada. That's how powerful the 50,000 powerful watts of sound are. Damn it, man. Very interesting. Now, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike, why are you living in Bermuda? Is it a tax shelter for you? I just happen to be born here. How's that? One of the few. I, I find that the um, kidding situation very interesting due to the fact that um, um, I adopted one not too long ago myself. Oh, you have a kid. Well, actually, she adopted me for sure. How yeah. how how old is the cat? Uh, approximately, maybe nine months. I would imagine. Wow! And now I'm yeah. assuming that it has the run of the space that you live in. Yes, indeed. I would think you have no problems with rats, rodents, or mice. You are absolutely correct. See. If everybody could have a bodega cat in their house or in their business, we would have no rats, no mice, no rodents. Like you said, nature's, nature's, that's how nature works, yeah. Now, what has kept you on Bermuda, the land of Michael Bloomberg? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised with his billions of dollars he hasn't tried to buy out the nation. Well, well, it's not, uh, it's not like that per se. Have you been to Bermuda, no? Nah, they didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Look, I find your show uh, very interesting. Um, you come here sporadically, yes, but um, um, I managed to catch the majority of your pro program. Mike, I, yeah. I got to tell you, the only places I get invited to are places that are having problems, and uh, Bermuda is not one of them. 
the land of Michael Bloomberg, Madonna Mai. Boy, you talk about a guy who's been all over the globe politically. I'm a Republican. I'm an independent. I'm for nonpartisan elections, but now I'm a Democrat. I wine, dine, and pocket line you. The guy thinks he can buy everybody. Hey, Mike, you can't buy me. He didn't even try. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-WABC. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. I noticed that everybody here at WABC is a little slow to sort of absorbing me back into the system. They didn't tweet out that I would be on this evening, did they? Of course not. They treat me like a person of no consequence. Instead, they were tweeting out that Nancy would be on at 12 o'clock to discuss the skyrocketing effect that Gizmo the Kitten has in becoming the star of all stars as a result of her appearance at the polling location when she was denied entry on November 2nd. Now, you realize, Frank Morano, this kitten has been on more shows than I've been in my lifetime. Well, he's much better on era than you are, It's actually. a she. It's a she. Get well, your gender straight. Well, it's you know, I am doing a whole transgender thing tonight, so I'm trying to be... I'll say they. They are much better on air than you are. <laughs> Greg Gutfield, Stephen Colbert, they have no time for me anymore. It's all about Gizmo. Well, hey, you know, Gizmo, you know the name's from uh, Gremlin. Gremlins, the movie Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, I didn't give, you know, yeah, the I was guy named say the that. Cat Gizmo. That was Nancy. So. That was Nancy. It looks like a gremlin. It does, yeah. But anyway, uh, we have some edumacating to do. Yes. For the JV member of WABC, Frankie Russo. The other two nights, the other side of midnight, Friday nights and Saturday nights till the wee hours of the morning, 5 o'clock, right, each morning. And um, I was supposed to call in last night. Which I did, but I delayed calling in because I was surprised, shocked. He had on a really uh, five-star top-shelf guest, a voice that I grew up with in the age of disco at WKTU, hmm. Al Bandero and his wife. And he was reminiscing how they would go to clubs. They had 40% of the listeners on FM radio back then in 1978. Amazing. Nobody does that anymore. And he was going on and on. And Frankie Russo is like, Where's Lee? We're supposed to be calling. It's like, You got Vaughn. You got an iconic voice on. Rocky Fort. You know who was sitting side by side with him on ringside? Uh, no idea. Warner Wolf. Oh, well, I didn't know Albendero was in Rocky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The commentator there. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, uh, Warner had some great stories when we worked with him about what it was like to film that scene. Where you would uh, James Brown doing "Living in America" apparently kept forgetting the words to his own song, according to Warner Wolf. So one, of one of my all-time favorite songs. One of my one one of the great performers of all time. Hot pants, and I need to dance. Uh, "Living in America." Very good. Anyway, Frank Morano, we really got to uh, help special Ed Frankie Russo. Uh, no doubt. Because then, you know, I waited my time. Al Bandero spent a lot of time with his wife. They were reminiscing, telling great stories. A lot of callers who grew up in that disco era that I did, baby boomers. And so finally he left. He was actually in here, in person. And they were waiting for their pizza to be delivered from Grimaldi's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from where the slime light used to be. 
That's what we called it, the uh-huh. Slime Light uh, Disco. But anyway, they got their pizza, obviously a very good pizza, Grimaldi's. And so they left. So then I figured I would call up. And so I compliment him. Tell him, hey, that was a great interview. Five-star, top shelf, Al Bandero. You handled that great. He was shocked that I would be so complimentary. And then I started talking about Andrew Evil Ice Cuomo. And the guy accused me of being anti-Italian. Right, I heard that. I heard you mention that. Now, <laughs> let me see. The I line. had no idea Frankie Russo was such a great defender of Andrew Cuomo. Well, especially being a super trumper, right? Right, exactly. You would think. So what can we do for the for the guy? You know, he's trying. He's trying his best. He walks in your shadow. I'd, I'd hate to hear if he was trying his worst, but it would sound like. <laughs> he, a very entertaining show. My wife enjoys his show more than your show and my show. Mm-hmm. She really finds well, that not only is he There's no accounting for taste. Look who she married. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I might add, his callers. Mm-hmm. His callers are the best. I mean, come on, Frank. You have good callers. Yeah. But the yeah. Frankie Russo callers, I mean, they're like right out of central casting. What can we do to help the guy to understand it's not all about him? It's gotta, he's got to let, like, when he gets a five-star guest like Al Bandera, he's just got to turn him loose. Step back. It, it sounds like you may have something specific in mind. I don't know. Maybe a re-education camp, a there WABC re-education camp. Or, or elocution lessons for the two of you. Maybe we get a two-for-one deal. <laughs> Well, how about I just give him a beat down in the side room, right? And when he's battered and bruised, you know, we pull him out and let the guests talk. Don't worry, Frankie. You're manic. There'll be plenty of time for you to talk. Can you still uh, give a beat down now that you're in your fugitive mode, one-armed man? Yeah, the, the left arm a little difficult, but the right. Remember, I'm a right. That's right. Okay, good. So uh, I'm thinking. So, so now, uh, Frank, since this is theater of the mind, yes. What do you have coming up here? Well, as I mentioned, we're going to be all over this transgender issue because uh, there's somebody I know who has decided that their five-year-old child who was assigned being female at birth is now actually male. Now, call me crazy, but I think five is a little young to make that kind of a decision for your child or even to let your own child make that decision. So we're going to get into that. I am going to be breaking down the uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo comeback. We're going to be talking about that. Now, are you thinking that he's going to run for state attorney general? I think that he would like to run for governor, but will end up running for state attorney general. That is my that is my guess at this moment. What revenge he will get on all his enemies in. No doubt. No doubt. It will be, as, as I believe you said earlier, it'll be the last scene in, uh, in The Godfather. I mean, heaven forbid if Chris Cuomo's child has a baptism, then we're all dead. Now, in terms <laughs> of um, there was a, a donut-shaped UFO uh, spotted over Europe. We're going to break that, that down for you. And sp- speaking of the mob, one of the greatest mob shows of all time, The Sopranos, one of the stars of that show was Stevie Van Zant, who was also part of uh, Bruce Springsteen's, you know, E Street E Street band. He's going to join me as well, and another fine broadcaster, colleague of ours, Joe Piscopo. He's going to join uh, join me as well. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. Wait, I just saw Joe Piscopo yeah. here well, when I finished my first segment from three to five with Chris Hahn. The aggressive progressive. By the way, that's Stevie Van Zandt. He's a progressive. He is indeed. Aggressive. And I'm going to ask him about it. I just read, read his book. 
And I don't think a lot of our listeners know. They may know he's progressive. They may know that he was a musician. They may know that he was an actor. I don't think a lot of our listeners understand the role that he played in freeing Nelson Mandela. So we're going to talk about that as well as a few others. Could you ask him about the schmat that he wears on his head? It's on my list, believe it or not. And and it is on my list. And how incredibly he likes me. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Even though I hate to surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I will ask him about that. Right, man. You. so we got Stephen Van Zandt. I had nothing to compare to what you have tonight. Well, I, you know, as Steve, well, you you're on. I'm your, just running my mouth a mile a minute. Third, I'll be, I'll be doing plenty of that as well. Uh, every Monday morning we do commendations, which is a a big feature. You might be very interested in today's commendations. Well, I will I get a commendation? We'll see. Finally? We'll see. I mean, oh, a denunciation. If, if you were, if you, you you got one, you got a denunciation denunciation recently. But now I I felt kind of bad, so who knows? I may have to put you. Why? on. Because I lost, I lost a man. No, everyone, I don't. I would never denounce everyone's someone for trying to convince no, me. You, you, I'll tell you why you were denounced, and I guess you. Well, now I'm double denouncing you because you weren't listening to the program, and uh, you know you. That's really a show you should be listening to on a regular basis. But in your concession speech, which went on longer than Mussolini and Fidel Castro combined, I had to eat yeah. up all the time. <laughs> No, this speech, uh, there, there, were, there were people passing out in the middle of they the They were speech. forced to cover it. There were people being trampled like the Astro World Houston yeah, concert. Frank, when I got up to the podium and I watched all the cameras on, I just kept talking I, as know, long as they that. were on. No, here's why you got denounced. Yes. Now, so you, you proceed to give this five-hour-long marathon uh, speech. Good speech. I agreed with much of what you said. Very, very, very unifying for the people of New York. You thanked a lot of people. Didn't thank me. That's okay. But you did not even thank anybody from the borough of Staten Island, the very first Republican organization to endorse you because in the Because they voted for me, what, by 67 70%? Yes, exactly. You think somebody would get a thank you out there. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, any of the elected officials. Thank you, and no, it. But it's like the the one borough that voted for you didn't get a thank you in your concession. Look at this guy. You you are you know you're like so negative. You're such a contrarian. No, well, hey, you wanted to know why you got your denunciation. That was a great concession speech, and now all of a sudden you're good. finding a faux pas. I didn't. I didn't sort it of actually, bow people, to the shrine of Staten Island. People were wondering why your start. You waited so long to come back to the radio. It's because you, that concession speech just finished this morning. Actually, <laughs> that's true. No, no. I got to tell you the behind the scenes story of that. So, all the networks announced Eric's coming on at ten o'clock, mm-hmm. and you know him. He goes on forever. You know, you you learn his whole life story, his whole narrative. So I tell my team, I'm going on now. No, you never know. They're machines. You know, they're backed up in the South Shore of Staten Island. There's some problems in Whitestone. I said, no, I'm going now. Because if I don't go now with the concession speech, I'll be talking to myself with the pigeons in Washington Square Park. Which would have been true if I didn't give that concession speech before 10 o'clock. You wouldn't have even known that I gave oh, I a agree. concession yeah, speech. Yeah, no, then because then they had Brad Lander's speech. They had all these other people. Absolutely. So it was a, a wise tactical move. I think so, yeah. Even though all over the city, I go, why'd you do that? They stole the election from you, Sliwa. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. how did they steal the election from me? I lost. I guess they're not used to hearing that anymore <laughs> from people. You know, like there's winners, there's losers. You know, our kids, they all get a trophy for competing. There's no such thing as winners or losers anymore. I actually, I think I'm the first candidate of late to actually say, yeah, I truly lost. Right. No, you didn't lose. They stole it from you. 
you, they were waiting for you to bring out uh, Terry McAuliffe and Steve Sweeney for the three of you to do a a real winners, and then uh, Rudy to do speech. a press conference right. blaming the Dominion That's and right. Smartmatic machines. That's right. You notice Rudy didn't even complain about it. That's right. That's right. So anyway, Frank, I'm going to let you go back to doing your massive preparation for a show of all shows. He's got more tucked into the four hours than I have. Probably in the last five shows that I've done here at uh, we got a lot of good stuff. Stevie Van Zant, Joe Piscopo. Uh, we're going to get into this Hawk Newsom situation. I, I already covered that I, from beginning. Well, to I end. know, but see, you. I heard some of the audio that you play. That was interesting. But let me ask you a question though about yes. what I've exposed. Yes, and I think it's important that Lydia Serrano, our news director, dig deep. When he was uh, following me outside of Yankee Stadium, you know, dropping the f bomb, mm-hmm. he says. He's friends with Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees. He's been in the owner's box. He does business with the Yankees. Then, months later, when he had that sit-down last Wednesday with uh, Eric Adams at the Brooklyn Borough President's Office, again, he mentioned Randy Levine, that he has a contract with the New York Yankees, and he mentioned all the things that he does in harmony with the New York Yankees. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, 2020 in the summer, June 1st, June 2nd, when the streets, there was total anarchy, and Yankee Stadium could have been attacked by Black Lives Matter. Right. There was nothing holding back at that point. All of a sudden, Yankee Stadium wasn't attacked anymore. Hmm. Very interesting. You think some kind of nefarious I deal? Could, I could certainly... I know you're that. not going to get down to the bottom well, of it. Well, I may, but I'll tell you this. I, as you may know, the new general manager of the Staten Island baseball team, which our, our glorious owner, John Katzmatidis, is a major partner in, this new Atlantic League team, which as of yet, nobody knows the name, uh, is going to be it's going to be named this week. The name's going to come this week. The general manager is my very dear friend of twenty years, Gary Perone, who I used to work for, and I had a lengthy phone conversation with Gary Perone yesterday. And I can assure you that uh, a cor- I spoke to Gary, I've spoken with the president of this team, Eric Shuffler, the owner, John Katzmatiz, and I can assure you, after sp- speaking with all three of these men. This baseball team, whatever the name, will not be paying off Black Lives Matter. That's a guarantee. It's <laughs> a guarantee. Meantime, Max Rose will be out there marching with Black Lives Matter around the Staten Island. What, what is it, the Scongeli Stadium? Uh, uh, th- there may be a new name for that ballpark as well, but currently the ballpark is Richmond County Bank Ballpark at St. George. Uh, gotta, we got to change it. I, th- I think, there's, there's I no think you may see there. a new name on that as well. Uh, what, do, what do you think? Maybe we'll name it after an Italian uh, gravy or sauce. <laughs> Maybe Ronzoni, huh? <laughs> Ronzoni Soto Bologna. Hey, why not? For Staten, uh, Staten Italy, right? I like it. All right, we Tortellini can... Stadium? No? Good. Yeah. I like that. All right, Frank, you can go back to doing your preparation. You make me feel like less than important here than I had no All right, big but, guess. Uh, Joe Piscopo, Stephen Van Zant, commendations, transgender children, UFOs that are donuts, Hawk Newsom, and the $1,000 minute where we give somebody an opportunity to win $1,000. I would bet you your Hawk Newsom uh, is not as good as my Hawk Newsom. It's possible. You have a different perspective. I am going to play uh, some uh, some audio of uh, our, uh, our colleague Juliet Huddy's exclusive interview with him on Friday. Ah. What he had to say 
way, and uh, some of it may surprise you. And we'll delve into Andrew Jet Cuomo. Set, Julia, for, yes, excellent, excellent. Yes, excellent. I will stuff. be listening. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, to the phones we go. And definitely to Lorraine, who's been waiting a while in the Bronx, where I was earlier in the day uh, for the annual Veterans Day parade in the neck, Trog's neck, where the elected officials, Lorraine, were missing in action. Hi, Curtis. Welcome back. We miss you so much. We voted for you. We love you. And the animals say, we're sorry that you didn't get it because you really did deserve it. But I have a very serious problem. I want to be fast with you. Yes. I know you have other callers. Um, I'm doing rescue work on Bronxwood Avenue. They're killing my animals. They're running them over. They're beheading them. They're poisoning them. They're giving them alcohol. They're giving them all sorts of food. I have a mother cat with a baby kitten that I would really like to rescue, but she's so scared and she's so frightened. She's living inside the boiler outside on the street. I'm feeding her, but it's a very volatile situation over here. And I really need somebody's help. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Lorraine, this sounds like a job for the cat woman, Nancy Sliwa. Could you take Lorraine's uh, contact information? And when I see uh, Nancy uh, in just uh, just about an hour, I will make sure that she gets that info and follows up with you, because uh, that's a problem that exists in a lot of communities. And people don't realize that there are some really sickolas out there who will uh, attack animals, uh, will poison them, torture them. Uh, and everybody acts like it's none of their business. It's all of our business. Uh, and, and I had this to say, uh, Frank Morales, you like this in the campaign. I said, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, a much better person than I and most, said that a society that does not take care of its animals will not take care of its people. Look at how we don't care for the emotionally disturbed or the homeless. Or veterans. Good. Uh, of which some are homeless. Mm-hmm. And a Weisenheimer came up to me and said, why are you quoting somebody who wears a diaper? <laughs> well, how is I to have answered that? I, you got me. You're, you're asking me for uh, a well, way to respond? Especially since I've been known to wear it depends from time to time. <laughs> anyway, let's go, uh, if we can, to Jimmy in Staten, Italy. Welcome to hey. WABC, Jimmy. Curtis, I adore you. I'm talking to you for years when you were on the uh, air with that guy, uh, uh, Kubi. You understand? But my point is, and I was there when your beautiful mother was called home, and I called in and offered you my condolences. God rest her soul. But let me tell you something. Staten Island had your back 100%. I'm so jealous because you were at a high school over here on Clawson Avenue, and my sister Josephine had a beautiful conversation. I got 19 pictures of you and her. You met my friend Kathy at the school. You took 200 pic- two pictures of 200 pictures of her. I was screaming, a lot of my either. Why didn't you call me? I wanted to meet him. He's an icon to me. I love him. But let me tell you something, Curtis. What uh, Eric Adams, I wish him all the best, and I hope he lives uh, true to his word. However, you would never be threatened by anyone. You would have shot him down, uh, metaphorically, of course, right there on the spot. You're going to shed blood where? You're going to light fires where? Nah, I know you, Curtis, 
better than you think I do. But let me tell you something. And that'll be whether you're on the radio, whether you're in the street. But if I ever know you're appearing somewhere, I'm going to be there. And you won't miss me. I'll be in a thong, a tube top, and high heels. And I'm straight. But I need to get your attention. Uh, Jimmy, you will with that uh, that pillow that you have in your hand there. <laughs> Now, what kind of a pillow would that be, uh, Frank Morano? You got me. I'm not crossing Jimmy. Come I'm on, not going to mess with him. I understand that. But I, I gave you a lead-in for a perfect line. What kind of pillow would that be? I, I don't know. Uh, Viagra? No. A pillow. What kind of pillow? Oh, my pillow. But yes. Act, Frank, Again, you're off your game, Frank. I'm not off my game. I, you, you, I'm struggling. Frank. I need a Sleewood English Dictionary. Yeah, you're off your game there, Frank. Of course, my pillow. Anyway, let's go to Gina Marie. In Brooklyn, which birthed me. Welcome Good. to WABC. Oh we won't hurt that against Brooklyn, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're back on the air? I can't believe it. I'm so excited to have you on the air. Listen, are you going to be doing the show from now on, or what's going to happen with that? I'm like the utility guy. Wherever there's a hole in the lineup, I'm going to uh -huh. fill it. Like a hole in Swiss cheese, I fill it. Oh, so how do we know when you're going to be on? We have to stay listening. And you got to stay uh, tuned into stay the listening. social networking of WABC tonight. Okay. I was uh, repulsed at the fact that I was not tweeted out. You were not tweeted out? Nobody you tweeted me out here I'm at WABC. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see, they're treating wow. me like a person of no consequence because that's what they do to losers. When you lose, no. it's like, hey, forget about it. But, Curtis, you won our hearts. Everyone was upset in my house when you lost. They were all upset. They were crying. Now, were they voted for you. Were they Democrats or Republicans, Gina? Democrats, but we voted for you. Yeah, but see, <laughs> Gina, I could have been mayor. Democrats have this ability to vote two times, three times, four times for the candidate of their choice, not Republicans or independents. If only they had voted for me two, three, or four times, I could have been the mayor. If I knew how to do that, I would have done it. Well, Democrats seem to no, know how to do that. No, Gina Marie, don't listen to him because that's a way to get arrested for voter fraud. You don't listen to him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay, Gina. Curtis always, Curtis always has an ace in the hole. Let me tell you something. Stay tuned. There will be something special coming down the political pipe. And you yourself, Frank, will probably be the last person to know. Will I? Jeez. Yes, the last person to know. Anyway, let's go to uh, Michael's calling from Ridgewood, New Jersey, uh, the old duck pond there. Have you been feeding the ducks there, Michael? No, we got a Canadian goose problem throughout all of Bergen County. The Canadian geese like to eat the grass, raise their young, and uh, poop, poop everywhere, poop all the place. I got to tell you, I was chasing my uh, oldest son now, Anthony. Uh, I was in, uh, where was that, Saddle River. I had taken him to a little park there. And there was so much Canada goose or Canadian geese poop. They're illegal aliens. We need to round them up and send them back to Canada. I mean, that's what we have to do, Michael. They are a menace to society. Most of them, since the 70s, have been domesticated. Because the reason why, Curtis, our winters are warmer than the Canadian winters. No, they're just occupiers. I'm telling you, Michael, 
They poop everywhere. And then when you go and you challenge them, they quack at you. Quack, 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 quack. It get very aggressive. Typically, Canadians are not like that. You know, if anything, they're not aggressive. But these Canada geese or Canadian goose, whatever you call them, we need to round them up and deport them now. Nobody talks about the border problem in the north. All these Canada goose, Canadian geese flocking in and pooping all over our domain. This must stop or we're going to have to declare war on Twinkle Toes Trudeau. We must stop the import of these Canada goose who are ruining our quality of life.